Yet, despite the prospect, he felt a sense of rebirth, there in the rebuilt ruins of his past, and a sense of comfort, too, for those he cared about were close, and that was a new and welcome thing. I will stay. With Nasawada and Dem. Titties, what's up, Internet? My name's Nerdy. And I'm Clara. And this is the Nerdy. The Wordy. The Book Club. Take two. Take we made two. Murtag, mm -hmm. chapter sections three through the end. Yeah. Yeah. Even yeah. though I, I realized, I realized that I put the title of this as yes. Murtag part three to the end, Inherited Cycle Book Five, right? Um, uh -huh. But uh, on the thumbnail, I put Murtag Book Club part two. I understand that that's confusing, and I'm sorry, and I, I'm, I fucked up. It makes people click on it, probably, right? Yeah. Blue didn't finish. Oh, no. Blue, we're about to spoil the fuck. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you're about to get spoiled, so, um... If you didn't finish Blue, it is, uh, December, so I recommend going over to a different website, because, uh, No Nut November has ended. That's true, um, that's true. And you're allowed true. to finish now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Uh, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the book club, the show that gets demonetized every week for some reason. For some reason. I can't figure out why. Hi, we're back. We were in L.A. for two weeks, um, and we decided to move there. Uh, so. We did. Hi, everybody. Um, we we'll are... We'll figure that out later. Uh, streaming at lower than the current, uh, the, the, than the accepted bit rate, so I don't know what the fuck that means, but... Open widget. It says open widget. I don't know what that means. Good. It says good. All right. Great. But it fixed itself. I don't know. Kitty Fantastico. All right. Uh, let's just go over. Let's make sure that we have all the chats open. We are now the Nerdy Wordy Book Club live on YouTube and on Twitch. And Twitch. Guys, so restream. So if you want to... Um, uh, just go just go open the Twitch and watch over there. Uh, we have to get this channel affiliated for an upcoming project. Hilarious. So I need uh, three people to stay in the Twitch chat the entire day. Just go have it open, please, and thank you. Yeah, oh if God. anyone Hilarious. would like to watch on Twitch, please go do that uh, so that... Um... Um, we, we, we have to get that channel affiliated for reasons which uh should we talk about that a little bit yeah should we should we talk about it yeah we can we talk should, about it can we spoil that just like do you guys, a wee bit do you guys want some 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 like D, &D news is that something people want because if not that's fine just tell me to shut the fuck up and we'll move on to the book but uh okay before we get into that i just want to say uh this podcast is brought to you by mistymountaingaming.com mistymountaingaming.com paid us this week and so i'm extra excited to talk about the fact that uh we're working with them they make the best dice they make the best uh accoutrement mm -hmm. as we say here uh if you would like to have a smorgasbord of dungeons and dragons uh affiliated or TTRPG stuff to help you roll well, to help you look good, to help you carry stuff, to help you not have your dice roll onto the floor. They have to help you take notes. They have things for all of that. Dutch Egg Gamer, thank you for watching on Twitch. Uh, we are loving working with MissyMountainGaming.com and we love their dice. Uh, and uh, if you want some beautiful, beautiful MissyMountainGaming.com dice, Go to MissMountGaming.com. I've said that a lot, and use code NerdyNightly15. That's right, NerdyNightly15 is the code over there yeah uh, and they're time. they're the best honest yeah honestly they're great I, I like i'm obsessed with their dice yeah we got did we get some more of those uh no they're on the way yeah yeah, yeah. they're on they're on the way we'll show them we off have dice when they coming. arrive for christmas 
I don't think so. Okay, that's fine. We're having some border problems getting stuff in in time. So. I know. Uh, guys, I ordered Nerdy's Christmas gift weeks ago, and it still hasn't shipped sure yet. Sure you did. I don't believe... I'm starting to not... I think that you lied about having purchased my Christmas gift as an attempt to put pressure on me to buy you a Christmas gift. Well, okay, so here's the thing. Mm -hmm. You know that I can prove you wrong, right? I don't think that you can. Like, the emails have dates on them. Yeah, but you can't show me the email until after it gets here, or else you'll spoil what it is. Yeah, but I so, can still prove you right after it gets here. You can't prove me wrong right now, and so I get to live in the Delulu for a while longer mm. that I won. Carlos also all knows what I got her for Christmas. She knows the store I bought it from. Because yeah. the, the box is under... It's a coach. You guys are going to see it on um, uh, next Sunday, Are we going to open it on Christmas Eve? Yeah, we're, we're gonna. Christmas we're doing all of our gifts during our uh, caroling stream next Sunday. Yeah, yeah, guys. I think we're still in the ad. Use code nerdynightly15 at missmongaming.com. They're the best. Buy dice, play tabletop RPGs. Great, moving on. Great. Um, yes, yeah, so a little bit a little bit more housekeeping. Come and join us on, uh, yes, yeah, Sunday, December 24th. Let, let's talk through the whole schedule for the rest of the year. Lives, okay? Lives, here we go. Okay, okay, Today, okay. Murtag Book Club. Tomorrow, nothing. The day after that, I'm not gonna go okay, day by day. we're not doing uh, that. The next live after today is going to be uh, next Friday. Yeah! Uh, at 1 p.m. Eastern time, uh, we are going to be doing the uh, charity goal that we hit uh, around the um, the, the Roleplay Relay 2, mm -hmm. and we're going to be playing Roleplay Relay 2, Casting Claws. Uh, we're going to be joined at the table by Twerkules, Fantaxia, and Fariha, mm -hmm. uh, all returning from that charity stream. They're going to be playing characters competing to be the next Santa Claus, because this one cut the head off the last Santa Claus. Well done, by the way. Thank you. Uh, then on the... So that's going to be great. It's going to be like a four-hour stream, probably, from like one to four, one to five. I can't do math. Uh, it's going to be really fun. Uh, the charity link is still open until the end of that day yeah uh, so if you want to help us raise a little bit more money for uh cat for kids you are still able to do that today uh command charity should still work everywhere True. uh and then the um that by at the end of that day that campaign will close because we have to end it by the end of the year uh you will be able to purchase a digital calendar featuring the cast of roleplay relay 2 uh through that date uh, that is going to go live after the stream because i forgot to make it live for the stream uh because i don't think it's completely done yet but for that stream we will be selling this like digital calendar with like photos of the cast taken around my house uh and your house uh throughout that day our house if you want to see what our bedroom looks like uh, the best way to do that is going to be to buy that calendar yeah. Um, because they took pictures all over our bathroom. Uh, so then, that's Friday. Casting Claws, it's going to be really funny. It's going to be a little bit less, less combat. Less combat, a little more roleplay, more of like a mix of both, most likely. If you watch um, the television show She-Hulk, you'll know what's going to go down, maybe. Well, oh. That's a, that's a bad thing. Is it just all going to like undo its purpose in the finale? Yeah. Oh, uh, okay, great. Love it. Um, two days later, on Sunday, the tw uh, then the following day, the Saturday, uh, we won't be live because... No, Saturday we're having friends over, but yeah. Sunday... Friends miss. Yes, Sunday we will be live again. We're going to be doing some Christmas carols. That was another stream goal. Yeah. Uh, we each have to write a Wheel of Time Christmas carol. Uh, I mean, we basically take a no, Christmas no, no. carol. No, no, no. All of the Christmas carols have to be rewritten no, for Wheel of Time. No, We're going to stream no, four hours of no, Wheel of Time Christmas carols. No, incorrect. That's not happening. <laughs> Just give her an aneurysm. No, we no, do we, not have time for that. We are both going to write separate competing Wheel of Time Christmas carols, and you will vote on who wrote the best Wheel of Time Christmas carol for charity. We're voting? 
The, no, they're voting. We don't get to vote. We're in it. Why are we? Why are we pitting ourselves against one another? For charity. Wow. Okay. So, uh, oh, actually, no. We'll keep the charity live through that stream as well. Um, yeah, so we that, might as well keep yeah. it open for two more days. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's on the twenty fourth. Then uh, more book clubby related news. Uh, on the 29th of December, we are going to be doing a uh, two-year anniversary of the book club stream. Uh, we started the book club on December 31st of 2021. Mm -hmm. uh, and so on December 29th, it's, you know, it's not it's exactly, but it's the same. Yeah, yeah we um, wanted it to be on the Friday book club slot. We are so. going to be doing a whole stream dedicated to Wheel of Time Season 2 talk uh, and celebrating two years of doing this nonsense with y'all before we start uh, yeah. Cosmere on January 5th next year. Yeah, we'll be talking about the show. We might do like a ranks video. I honestly think that we should go through all our predictions and talk about some talk of those. Talk about the best ones, yeah. Because, uh, cause, um, um, uh, oh, I'm blanking on their name. But um, someone put uh, in a lot of work keeping track of those for us. Icicle? Was I think that? it was Icicle 30. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Um, in our in our Discord. So, like, huge thank you for that. I, I, I can't wait to go over those. It'll be very fun. Um, yeah. Pull those up for, for stream. So, so, yeah. So, Friday, December 29th, our usual book club time slot. It's going to be a heck of a good time. Good morning. Oh, also, I wait, saw did that... You see Blue. What? I thought it was nonstop nut November. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That That's very Blue, funny. Uh, Blue also did uh, come back to the nerd table for a 23rd month. Thank um, you, Blue. Welcome so, back to the nerd table. You know, it's good to have you here. Uh, Blue wants a physical calendar. We don't it's too late. It would never, it would yeah. not get here. You can have the digital one and you can print it yourself. Yes, we give you permission. Do we need us? Whatever. If you want to print no, it off no, for Paul's personal like, use, just don't use, sell it. Yeah, just, yeah, don't sell it. Um. Alright, now we're, we're still not done. Uh, with the housekeeping. I'm so sorry. Uh, so these aren't... We're going to be opening... There are some Christmas presents pe people have sent us that are wrapped. Yeah. Thank you for that. Thank you, um, guys. But some of them weren't wrapped. Uh, so I just want to quickly call out some thank yous. This is the Star Wars Christmas CD from the 70s. Uh, th this is the funniest gift I've ever received. Uh, this is from Kenny Theology. Kenny, thank you so much. Really appreciate you sending us this. I've never listened to this, so I'm so excited. Yeah, um, that's going to be that we're, we're, we'll do that for Christmas. Like Maury Yeaston is on it with Christmas and the Stars. Lo Lawrence Grossman and Sami Khan sing bells, bells, bells. Like there's a song called What Can You Get a Wookiee for Christmas? And it's sung by Maury Yeaston. Like that's insane wow. to me. R2D2, we wish you a Merry Christmas. It's just beeping. Yeah, this is wild. I'm so excited to plug this into a CD player that I definitely own uh, and listen to that. We probably play it off of our PlayStation. <laughs> what? No, that's I. We 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 should probably have a, own a CD player. Um, then, uh, guys, you keep sending us books. Books. So I just want to say some huge thanks to the people. Uh, Load Bolt, uh, Blue. Um, if I didn't thank you, it's because we received these before we went to LA, and I lost a couple of sheets of paper. Well, no, uh, one of them didn't come with a little sheet. And one of them, one of them, we didn't know. So, so I'm so sorry if it's you. We have Brandon Sanderson's Secret History. Uh, I, I know that one's from Load Bolt. Uh, we have Brandon Sanderson's Warbreaker. I don't know when we're gonna read this. I don't know what the order of I have no idea where it B falls Sands is. within. Uh, we have uh, Ben Galley's Pale Kings, mm -hmm. which is like one Stunning. of the most beautifully bound. Like, look at the detailing in this book. I know it's so gorgeous. It's so pretty. That's gonna look awesome on the shelf. And then uh, that one, the Pale Kings one, came with like a bookmark that's mm -hmm. also equally gorgeous. Right. Uh, and like character postcards. 
which is cool. Yeah. So you can be like, oh, I don't have to create the image in my head. For people who can't imagine human beings into existence, these are actually kind of nice. Uh, and then the, the f well, actually, the Pale Kings might be the second one. I don't know which one's first, which one's second, but I think the more beautiful <laughs> of the two, because I like redheads, is uh, the red written, the written, uh, also by Ben Galley. Okay, blue. Okay, blue nose. Blue nose. Pale Kings is the second book. The written is the first. Okay, Thank so this you, is the blue. first one. This is stunning. I know. I know. Look at that. Like, oh I my know. god, it's so vibrant. Like the color is just like pure. Yeah, I don't know. These are some of the like coolest looking books we own. Yeah, um, definitely. And so to the people who sent us these, thank you. Merry Christmas to you. And um, this is incredibly kind. Yeah. Should we talk about Murtag? Uh, yeah, unless... Is that all our who's keeping? Oh, we didn't announce the roleplay really thing. The roleplay really You said you want to know more about D&D, &D, and then we skipped over that and didn't talk about it. Yeah, yeah, so... So been... much housekeeping. Sorry, we've been in L.A. for two weeks. We, we've been talking about wanting to do more TTRPG stuff. We have a good time with it. I yeah. think you guys have a good time with it. Right? Unless you don't. Unless you're like, no, stop. Stop doing D&D, &D, in which case we won't. Um, but, you know, your feedback is always welcome. Uh, we, we, we're we looking to get into a little bit more of the TTRPG space. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're not going to give you all the details yet. Yeah. But we do have a show coming for you in the new year that we are very, very, very excited about. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I'm going to say that YouTube members are going to find out about that first. Uh, members and, and Patreon. And patrons. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Um, but this, the, the patrons, um, this uh, patrons aren't going to really be a part of this in the same way. No, um, no. But well, uh, well, this is going to be kind of a YouTube members thing that then goes public, just a, bit, a heads up in advance so that there's no surprises at any point in this process. Um, but uh, we are very excited to be producing a weekly show. Yeah. Uh, for the foreseeable future. Yes. Uh, with a wonderful cast and a rotating cast of guest characters that uh, you're going to be able to participate in. Uh, and um, it's it's going to be something special. I'm very excited. Yeah. Uh, we have decided that uh, the Roleplay Relay branding is going to be our um, D&D arm of our company. Mm -hmm. uh, Relay has many words. And uh, when we first came, when I, well, when I first brought the idea of Roleplay Relay to you, it was to be like a relay race. Yeah, we were at the table when this, I, I was at the table when this idea was conceived. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying, like, I came up with this, like, wording. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because of the concept. <coughs> I'm sorry, I'm not trying to, like, take credit away from no, you. No, no, you're fine, you're fine. You're just like, when I brought this idea to you, I was like... I was like, this was like a brainchild of your mom, you, and me at a table. <laughs> oh, no, no. I meant literally the words role the words. play relay. No, no, I know. Um, uh, when I said this out loud and I was like, what about role play relay? Yeah. I meant it as a relay race. Uh, yes. But we kind of have been conferring about it and been like, well. Relay means other things. A relay station is how you broadcast things out into the world. Exactly. And so we are the role play relay. You can relay information to another person. Boom. This is going to be our branding from now on. Uh, and so um, we're going to be producing under this uh, weekly next year. Yeah. Uh, we have two huge shows. One of them is going to be that three-part Candela Obscura. We have our cast set for that. Uh, we're very excited to make announcements about that next year. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, our other bigger show, which is going to come a lot sooner. Uh, I hope you guys are ready. It's going to be very cool next year, and I'm very yeah. excited. Yes. And then, of course, we did hit the Candela Obscura uh, goal for the charity stream, so keep an eye on that. That'll be coming a bit later in the year, because uh, we want to get people together for that. Yeah. 
I just said that. Sorry, I was reading. Uh, sorry. Um, <laughs> I li- like I literally just. Sorry. <laughs> I guys, I have been up for several hours already this morning because I had an addition and my brain is fried. Uh, Loadbolt. Uh, there, there are other gifts that are wrapped that we were gonna unwrap for Christmas. So maybe. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. The, there are wrapped gifts from Loadbolt as well. Okay. Okay. So yeah. that that's probably that's probably what that is. But. Oh. Um. Uh, just, just if you're like, oh, when are we going to get more announcements about the show? Uh, YouTube members, you will find out about it in a post, uh, in that community feed this week. Uh, and we're, th- I'm teasing it because we're going to make a big announcement during the casting clause next Friday. Yes. So if you want to know, uh, come to the beginning of the casting clause stream next Friday, uh, and you will find out what the big, uh, show, uh, starting in January is going to be. Hell yeah. yeah. <sighs> so much housekeeping. Okay. Sorry about that. Um, Karomi, thank you so much for your kind words. Uh, Nicholas Cardillo, thank you for your kind words. Um, and, um, yeah, let's, let's do this. Shall we? Murtag. Okay. All right. So we were in LA for the last two weeks. How was LA, babe? (laughs) It was great. It was beautiful. We should do like a, we need to do a just hangout stream where we talk about stuff. I know. Guys, I miss you all. It feels weird. It feels like it's been so long. Maybe on Monday we'll just throw the camera on and like hang out for a bit. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see how we're feeling. We'll see. We if got... we finally sleep by then. Yeah. Yeah, we're kind of still on LA time. Like, mm-hmm. it literally felt like I woke up at 5 a.m. this morning. And, uh, yeah. Oh. It's been, it's been great. Before we get into Murtag, this is this is about Murtag, so I'm not doing another, oh, like, okay. segue. Uh, like... Y'all, uh, just a content warning for today. Uh, there might be elements of the book club today that are a little bit... Um, uh, difficult to deal with. Yeah. We're going to talk about uh, just uh, trigger warnings for abuse and um, just being in a very vulnerable situation and not yeah. having a lot of power to get out of it. Yeah. Uh, this book got very dark mm-hmm. uh, and it stayed dark for a while and we're going to talk about that. Uh, and so I just wanted to, it, just in case that's going to be triggering for anybody or you don't want to uh, listen to that discussion, yeah. uh, we totally understand uh, yeah. and we are, we're hopeful uh, that you are uh, just having a great Friday if you have to go. Thanks for being here. Thanks for popping by. Um, but uh, yeah, Murtag is split into like four parts. Mm-hmm. So we did part one and part two. You can go watch that. Uh, yeah, part Isn't two- it like five parts though? Is it? Yeah, because we get that final part in that other place. The we'll get That's a little tease for the end of the show. The final part? Yeah. The addendum? No, the final part before the addendum. It's short. It's a small part. Oh, oh. Wait, is it? No, look, because you can see where it's divided. So there's part three and there's part four. Oh, I thought the stuff in um, Illyria yeah. was separate. Nope, not separate. All right. So Murtag and Thorn, they arrive at the village. Okay. Um, we're, we're, I mean, you, if, I feel like most of you guys have read this, except for Blue, who's like, I didn't finish the reading. Um, so... Uh, Murtag and Thorn have been told that uh, there's some not so great stuff going up over at this this village place, and they they have flown there, and have have landed, and it's uh, not not what they not what they expect. <laughs> they kind of like show up and are are are, are ready to surprise. Uh, whoever's the whoever the witch Bushel is in the village, um, and and she's ready for them. I don't know how how I I don't know that I agree with that. I don't think they show up to surprise her. He puts on plate armor and flies in on a dragon. 
Like, it's not like they yeah. sneak in. No, no, not to be sneaky, but, like, it, it's like if someone, like, rings your doorbell, they're not, like, sneaking in, but they're like, hi, hello, and he's like... I know, but I just, if you ring the doorbell, I wouldn't consider that surprising. If they didn't plan the visit, I'd be like, oh, well, this is a nice surprise. Oh, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. You just said, like, to surprise her. And I was like, I don't, I don't, I, if you, like, ride in in, like, bright red armor on a bright red dragon yeah. that you can see from, like, six miles away, I just don't know how surprised oh, yeah. the village. He's going for intimidation, for, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. for sure. But Bashelle is, is, is ready. Like, someone comes out and meets him and is like, oh, yeah, we, we basically it's knew we were going to be here. Grief Karga? Yeah, because his name's Grieve, right? Oh. But uh, the um, character from The Mandalorian is Grief, Karga. And oh. so every time, the, this whole second half of this book, I just pictured Carl Weathers fucking walking Murtag around Nal Gorgoth and being, being like, Mando! He's the fucking worst, though. Murtag! No, no, no. Grief, grief, grief Like somewhere, sucks. Baby Yoda is somewhere in Nal Gorgoth. You know what I mean? Like, Probably. he's there somewhere, just eating macarons. Honestly, that's fair. Arzu, welcome back to the nerd table. Uh, the whole arrival scene and how the witch turned it around on Merte gave me a, a secondhand cringe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel that. Well, and it's Murtag's fault, right? Because he makes this, like, big show, and then... It's he has the, no idea what he's walking he, into. Well, and he makes this big show of, like, I'm going to be, like, intimidating. And then Grief is like, she's ready for you. And Murtag goes, oh, well, I don't want to seem like a dick. So I'm going to, like, maybe that's their custom. I'm going to go to her. Yeah. But you know who didn't fucking do that? Angela. Angela said, no, I'm outside of town. You come to me, bitch. And Murtag should have behaved like Angela. You do not show up to intimidate someone in plate armor and then get tricked into going inside a place that you don't know the dealio. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is such a huge immediate fumble by Murtag, and I was I was a little bit disappointed in him. Yeah, he's got this, like, weird sense of... Um like righteousness from court yeah mm -hmm. even even if it's shady and like underhanded like righteousness there's like a code of content there's a sense of decorum yeah. that they have and like these people don't have that yeah. um <laughs> but Murtag behaves as though everybody does mm -hmm. uh which um i i can completely understand like um I... like there are certain groups of people who like just like behavior is different yeah except like galbatorics he watched Galbatorix manipulate people for years, including himself. And I was a little bit like, Murtag, I don't think you learned the lesson of that. I don't think it, I, yeah, I don't think so because Murtag has never been manipulative. Like, I can't think of a single time. He is like almost like upfront and honest to a fault, I think, yeah. because mm -hmm. of his experience with that. Like, he he's never trying to truly deceive people he's like sneaky mm -hmm. um and he, he does what he needs to do but he's never like intentionally manipulative yeah right which i i, I love i love i love about him. relaine thank you so much for that super chat thank you i uh, just popped in and say i'm looking forward to watching after work hell well, yeah you have to get through about 22 minutes of housekeeping and then you can watch the the podcast about yeah. the book club we just got into it no worries but uh have fun at work and thanks for that super chat yeah at some point we'll have other lives where we can talk about ourselves uh and then we won't put it at the beginning of the book club maybe we'll see maybe maybe uh yeah and so uh he does he follows in and we meet Bechelle. Bechelle is uh, interesting for a number of reasons. One, first half-elf that we meet uh, in the 
entirety yes. of the series. Yes. Uh, the there was an elf. The idea of elves and humans mating is a like myth. Um, that is now true. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. And that is such a that's such like fun new information, particularly because at the end of the inheritance cycle, it's like are Aragon and Arya going to end up together? Mm. And it's like, well, we know now that they can have kids. Uh, so good for them if it's they want possible. that. Uh, maybe they don't. Uh, but uh, it does seem like the elves would be very happy if their queen had a child. Um, the uh, other interesting thing about Bechelle is that she is, like, magically protecting herself from her raging alcoholism, which uh, <laughs> is a gift. Yeah. Yeah, she's, like, completely unaffected by alcohol. Which, yeah. like, I like. here's the thing. I don't really like the taste of alcohol, so it kind of defeats the purpose for me. But I'm like, hey, you do you. I know, but, like, good wine... See, and I got to take your word for it because I don't... Good wine is good wine. My, my favorite thing about it is that she's, like... She isn't drinking to get drunk, so she loves the taste, mm -hmm. and she's shipping that shit from around the world. Like, he's like, this is a vintage from, like, the other side of the continent. How the fuck did they get here? And I'm like, Bichelle is a needy speaker, right? She's out there like, look, I'm gonna give you guys the worst dreams you can possibly imagine, and in return, I demand the finest reds from the islands of Cathay. Do you think she's the one who gives them the dreams? Um, yes, really? not, not, not literally gives them to them. Um, I think that her role in it is that the, 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 the cult needs someone to like be the mouthpiece of keeping people here to breathe in the fog that gives them the dreams. So she gives it to them in the sense that it is by her, like will and ability to manipulate people into staying that the dreams are upon them. Okay, fair. I, I don't mean that like she's like magically giving the dreams. Obviously, Aslagor is the one giving them the dreams. Mm -hmm. The brimstone smoke, what they're breathing in is where that comes from. Yeah. Um, and, and honestly, I don't even think it's really the smoke, right? I think they're living in the closest proximity to a giant dragon that's um, uh, projecting its mind onto theirs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I, I do think it comes more from that. I, that's not obvious in that it is the truth. That is obvious in that it is my opinion. Mm -hmm. Read the book, Blue. Uh, and um, just gonna keep calling you out. So I, I, I don't think that she's literally giving them the dreams, but yeah. I do think that she is responsible for them being in a place to have the dreams happen. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I hear you. Yeah. I hear you. I think that's fair. Um, yeah, Michelle, very, very interesting character. Um, she calls herself the speaker mm -hmm. uh, because she. It speaks to the dreamers, the the drama. Um, <laughs> yeah, Blue is like, I don't understand what's going on. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Um, and uh, yeah, she's been like, hey, Murtag, wow, good to see you. Well, she never calls him Murtag, I don't even think once. They call him King Killer, which rude. Um, but uh, I mean, to be fair, it's true. He but, killed Hrothgar. Yeah, it's true. Um, but, you know, he obviously doesn't like it. But they're like, oh, you're, you, this was foretold as it is dreamt, so it shall be, and all that cult stuff. Um, mm -hmm. They're like, oh, you made it. Great. Feast time. And he's like, what the fuck is going on with these people? And they, they, and they, they throw them a feast. He's yeah. like, I have questions. And she's like, yes. But later, later, don't worry about it. And then she's like, virgins, dance for us. <laughs> Why are they virgins? I, I, because if a man touches them, they are in trouble. 
Oh, I didn't realize that those were the people dancing. Yeah, it's Aelin, it's, yeah. And then she's like, Murtag, will you dance for me? You're a virgin. And he's like, uh, not in my armor. And she's like, one day you will dance for me, boy. And he's like, yeah, sure, lady. <laughs> this is where I would have left. Yeah. I would have been like, look, I am not Murtag. I am nerdy. And I would have been like, yeah, no. Seems I, th sus. This seems, this is, I, I'm going to go tell people that I'm here. Murtag yeah. committed the like fatal sin of, of uh, nobody knows not using the buddy system. Yeah. Well, well no, no, he that's, did. He that's brought his buddy true. though. But the, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. The but nobody knows where him and his buddy are. Yeah, uh, like no one's coming to save him if things go wrong. Exactly. And yeah. things go wrong. Things go wrong I immediately. Mean, yeah, I mean, well, not like immediately. They have a feast and it's fine. It's a good time. Yeah. Um, and um, she's like, "You stay, stay the night," and he's like. But I have questions, and she's like, mm -hmm. "Yeah, yeah, yeah, don't, don't worry about it." Like she, she gives him like no information. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and he's just like, "No, but I, I she'll, she's gonna tell me." And I'm like, "Marte, she's not gonna tell you." Uh, Arzu, thank you so much for that super chat. I think she just chooses how to interpret the dreams. Some of Marte's dreams come true by the end of the book, but not the way she said that they would. Oh yeah, yes. no, she's fucking making she's, it up. Uh, she's. <laughs> full of herself she's, she's like oh that means this 100 she, she gets close because she's so old right like the the idea is that i, I or not, not the idea but my interpretation of it is that like she is she's wiser than everyone around her because she's the only elf there right she's the only she's probably what like 300 years old um oh she's gotta be older than that like i like it, it's well ma yeah, i don't think I she has to be that much older because her mom was the speaker before her her mom was not the speaker before her. Her mom became jealous and she had to kill her mom. Yeah, because her mom was the speaker and she no. was going to replace her. No. Yeah. Her mom was jealous of her connection because she didn't have it. Then who was the speaker before her? Uh, we don't know. They never say as far as I know. But yeah, her mom wow. like brought her there. Um... And I could have sworn her mom was the speaker. No, no, her mom brought her there, and, um, the, yeah, and she was, like, when it became clear that, like, I, like, had the connection or whatever it was, she became jealous, and I had to, like, get rid of her. And, because she, she says to Murtag, like, you, you would have done the same thing with Morzan, right? Interesting. My interpretation of it was that her mom was the speaker and that when she realized that her daughter had the gift and would eventually replace her, she became jealous. But here's the thing. Her mom was an elf and would have lived forever, so she would never have been replaced. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know how I got that wrong. Uh, so, anyway. I think it's, like, a little bit vague. They like... eat, they drink, they be merry. Aelin dances for Murtag and Murtag's like, that woman is wearing white and... I don't know why, but we know. It's because she's a virgin, because this is a cult movie. Yeah. Have you seen a cult movie chat? It's that. There's a bunch of women who can never be touched by a man. Have you seen like Midsommar? Because <laughs> that's what this uh, is. Yeah. But instead of being in Scandinavia, it's in Canada. Can <laughs> why is it in Canada? Because it's cold in the north, and it's can this, this takes place in the Canada of Allegasia. Sure. Sure. Um... <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it. I, yeah, Shifiga, I don't know if it's ever said who the I don't know how speaker we would find is, it. like explicitly. Um, from what I remember, but that's fine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Murtag is like, you know what? These people seem really sus. Mm -hmm. 
I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do some poking around. I'm gonna do some recon. Yeah, yeah. And my favorite part of it is like Thorn is committed to coming with him, and I'm like, dude, you're a dra- you're a dragon. You're not sneaky. And also, people like so if Murtag sneaks out of his room, right, and he's poking around. If someone walks, if someone would have to go into his room to see that he's poking around. If Thorn moves from the courtyard of the castle, everyone's gonna know because they're gonna look out the window and be like, hey, the dragon isn't fucking here anymore. Yeah, yeah, so it, yeah. So Thorn, not sneaky. Murtag is like, I'm gonna go to that tower. Well, let's, thing. I wanna talk first because because last week we got, or last week, last episode we got to talk a lot about how Murtag uses the um, language in really cool ways here yes. to use magic. Yes, yes, I yes. really love this first use of magic in the village of him being like, Wait, did does she quake the mountain in the first time he meets her? No. No, that's the second time. Okay, so we haven't skipped that. Um, so uh, we get this really interesting idea where he's like, oh, shit, if they have the medallions on, I don't know how those really work, but they block attacks. Um, and Oh, no, and the medallions block magic. So this only works if they don't have the medallions on. Um, I'm not going to attack them, though, because they might still have wards. Yeah. What can I do that isn't an attack? And he's like, I did something mm. in that other city, and it worked. And he's like, sleep. Go to sleep. And so he becomes the Sandman. Pretty much, yeah. Because it doesn't take a lot of energy. You know who would actually be a good Murtag? The guy who played the Sandman on Sandman. Tom. Oh, um, interesting. He might be too old for it now to play it in, like, the show. Right, but, uh, right. He would have he been a good Murtag. Tom Stop, not Stoppard. That's a writer. Ah, uh, I... It's Tom something. Um, not sure. Yeah, he'd be a good Murtag. Yeah, I um, agree he just put on some muscle, you know? Because he's a little... He's, he's a whiskey boy. He's got a boy. broody face, you know? And so, yeah, he puts the guy to sleep. In, in just in a, another, like, clever use of Murtag using magic in a way that Aragon didn't in the other series. Mm-hmm. And really, we get to differentiate the two characters by how they use a skill set, which I always think is really fun. Yeah. It's something that, like, I love about Avatar The Last Airbender mm-hmm. is how, like, there are four kinds of bending... But you can learn a lot about a person by how they use it. Yes. And um, I, I think that Christopher Paolini plays with that idea really well mm-hmm. in um, Murtag in showing how different he is from Aragon by his problem solving through magic. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I totally agree. Um, yeah, so Murtag goes to this tower, which was like pointed out to him before as like the a Tower of Flint. sacred place or whatever. And he's like, okay, well, I'm going to go start there, I guess. Yeah. And it's basically. What do you call our uh, a house of birds? Whatever. What do you call that? Atrium? Our. It's a. There's a word. Yeah, there is. Right, a word. there is a word. That's like a house for birds, but it's not a birdhouse. <laughs> uh, he goes to the birdhouse. He goes to the birdhouse. Um, there's a lot of poop on the floor. Because have you been to one of those? No. Remember, remember in Harry Potter when Harry and Cho are like having a like almost romantic moment in a birdhouse, and I With was like, owls, "This yeah. would smell so bad." Yeah, no, thank you. Yeah, it okay, would... it's an atrium. Okay, I don't think that's the word for it though. It's, an atrium, atrium is just a hall. Atrium also has another meaning, so it might be like. But the, it's like a both. Ossuary. There, there is a word for it. I just can't remember what it is. Aviary. Is it called an aviary? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I thought that just meant bird-like. Um, guys, I'm dyslexic and not an English major. I'm a musical theater major. 
Nailed if it. it's not if it's not described in a song, don't know it. Uh, <laughs> fair. It's how I know American history is from Hamilton. That's Did fair. you know that all the founding fathers were men of color? Wild. <laughs> Musical theater is uh, crazy. Famous for for being historically accurate. Did you know that they had pop princesses uh, in the a time of Henry VIII, and that he only married women who could sing and wear bondage gear? Wild. It's crazy. <laughs> I'm so excited to see that show on Wednesday. Me too, guys. Six and Musical is a fucking banger. Yeah. Um. Anyways, goes into the aviary. Uh, there's just all the crows. It just smells all of them. so bad. Yeah. And uh, Thorne is like, you need to wash yourself or people are going to know exactly where you've been. Like, that is nasty. Because he falls. He falls in the poop. Yeah. Uh, and we find out that the uh, the crow skull necklaces are real crow skulls. Uh, and that this is where they come from. Because he finds them all crunched up on the ground here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he also finds something else. Yeah. A little, little pin thingy. Yeah, little, little, like, little... A lapel pendant, uh, an enamel pin that I would buy at Comic Con to add to my collection because yeah. I have a problem. Uh, it's on a corkboard next to my bed, and I stare at it as I fall to sleep. All of my trophies. You're like, wow, so shiny. <laughs> I picked up a swole Charmander pin in uh, LA this trip. It's I'm a good pin. Really happy with it. It's a good pin. And he finds the pin of Stevia, the artificial sweetener that used to work for Galbatorix. Stevia? It's like. Devian or something. I don't know what his name oh, is. Oh, fuck. Now I'm Slevin. not going to be able to remember it. Slaviathan. Oh, no. I have no idea what this guy's name is. Uh, he was a Forsworn, but he was one of the, like, basic bitch Forsworn who wasn't very good at shit. And so he doesn't matter. Oh, my God. Wait. This is just a clue to help us get on the track that Galbatorix, for the eventual reveal that Galbatorix used to be here. Yeah, Galbatorix um, has visited. I thought this Galbatorix was... Galbatorix knew about Bichelle. I thought this Forsaken was going to be or Forsworn. Forsworn, yes. Different book series, I know. We're doing them back to back. I so thought that the confusing. Forsworn was going to come back in some way, and he doesn't really, like, we don't really learn anything else about him. No, but it is interesting that we do learn that, like, you know, whatever story that um, Galbatorix has told to people about losing his dragon yeah. and the events uh, afterwards, um, wrong. No, true. Well-ish. Why wrong? Well, because, like, he, like, he he found the, the, the dreamers and they are the ones who convinced him that the riders were to blame. That part of it, yeah, but because Murtag's initial thing here is like, did these people kill Galbatorix's dragon? Like he's he's unsure of it. The, but the true, like the Urgles did kill Galbatorix's dragon. Yeah. The only part of it that is a misleading is what happened in the intervening years in the North to Galbatorix when he was going mad. Mm -hmm. um, but he, the but ultimately, like everything we learn is true. Maybe we just well. <laughs> that's the thing, right? At this point, it would be really weird to retcon it again. Well, it's... To be like, Galbatorix was telling the truth, and then Bichelle is like, confirms everything Galbatorix said, but added more context, and then in another book being like, but actually, no, it was a lie. Like, I just think that Murtag, it is interesting that Murtag is like, yeah, I always thought that that story was weird. Like, how did these Urgles overtake three dragons and two riders? Uh, in my opinion, there's a point where you have to... Also, Yeah, Stevia. Um, there is a point where you have to, we just had this argument in the discord about Wheel of Time where I understand the 
desire for stories to be filled with mystery. And so audiences will go, well, everything is suspect. So like someone was like, I just don't trust anybody until there's like multiple sources on something in a book. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that I understand where that comes from. And it is in an attempt to make stories more interesting than I think sometimes they are. But at some point, books have to have facts in them about your world or uh, you leave me in the position of having to decide what is true. Right. And so I think that, like, this, there, there's a corroboration in this book on Galbatorx's story with, with new elements to it, right, in what happened in the intervening years. But Galbatorx wasn't lying. Mm-hmm. Because cause you get to a point where it's like, okay, well, if I can't believe what anybody is saying, I, I can't read this. Like, if I have to decide what is true in your book on everything, and it could change every book time a book comes out, the past changes, I mean, the, I get frustrated with the world building. The problem is, is that Bashel can't know the truth either. Galbatorx shows up and is like, this is what happened. Uh, she also has no idea because she wasn't there. Right, but okay, but here's the problem. Galbatorx is dead now. Yeah. And so for a third for, for a third story to come out mm-hmm. that drastically changes it means nothing to Galbatorx's story. No, but it might mean something for the dreamers. Oh, but this but this gets into retconning past characters. And this is something this book does that I think that writers have to be careful with. Mm-hmm. Retconning the new villain into past stories gets really dangerous because you have to get into, well, what the fuck have they been doing? This is the thing that Star Wars keeps fucking up, right? Is that they keep retconning more and more and more Jedi into the days before A New Hope. And then you have to be like, well, okay, but then what were they doing for the original trilogy? Like, what... Okay, so some massive enemy killed Shru- uh, killed uh, the dragon before Shuriken, and then did what for 120 years? What drag? What are you talking about? If there is some massive threat that is awake and like present, Aslagor. But Aslagor is sleeping. Ah! Aslagor is not a present threat. No, no. But this is my point. If Aslagor was active, and killed Galbatorx's dragon. Mm-hmm. Then what did it do for a, over a hundred years? And writers, but writers do this all the time, yeah. where they try and retcon in. They were always there, and it almost never works. See, I, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that because it doesn't feel like a retcon for me. It is just fleshing out people who exist in the world, like during different periods of time. I, I agree. Like I think Star Wars definitely has the problem of oh, and this person was there. Oh, and this person was there. And this person was there. And then it's like okay, well. Like, now, like, I have some some questions. But I I don't think that, like, this feels like a retcon to be, like, the dreamers have been around for ever. Like, like for, for a very, very, very long time. Yeah. Um, like, it that doesn't feel like... What? Okay. A, ret, a retcon, it feels to me like when you go back and you, you change something. Not you, like, add That is the detail. definition of a retcon. And change something, yeah. To change something, yeah. but it's, but nothing is like changed. You would be the, you. I the think dreamers exist. In my opinion, you would be drastically changing the narrative that Galbatorix laid out and that Bashel has laid out, and you're changing the narrative that is now two dead characters' words that you can never find out why they lied now, and so you are retconning what they said, but you're never explaining why they lied. There's no okay. Well, this is like a discussion for like maybe in a future thing. So I guess it, it doesn't. But, but I think it's a discussion matter, about this I... book because it gets into this character reframes Galbatorix through Bashel 
and through the danger of Bashel. Right? Yeah. In that Galbatorix, at some level, was scared of this woman. Yeah. But also Murtag beats her solo. And so does that reframe Galbatorix? Like, does that, like, take away from how dangerous Galbatorix was? Well, I don't necessarily think so. Yeah. But I do think that it is it is something that you have to be careful of as a writer. Yeah, yeah. By add, when you add in these details and when you, like, do retcon the stories of these characters by changing their histories, mm-hmm. that you then create villains that don't undermine the danger that you had previously written. Yeah, and I think that, like, um, specifically for Galbatorx as a villain, um, we never see him be particularly creative with the ancient language mm-hmm. and circumventing stuff, which, like, Murtag yeah. is, and I love that. Galbatorx always relied on his, like, powerful mind and being able to, like, yeah. overwhelm mm-hmm. people. And so I, I feel like that that is a part of it why, like, the person who could beat Bichelle is Murtag for the specific reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, and same with Aragon is the person who could beat Galbatorx for the specific reason. And I do love that that is almost, like, thematic throughout this... Um, this this world like this like story this grander story that like yeah. uh, Christopher mm-hmm. Pellini is trying to tell I love that those like tie into one another because it feels like Murtag is probably the only person who could have beat Bichelle just because of his life experience I um, don't agree with that I, I think that like I think that Murtag learned how to beat Bichelle from Aragon and from how Aragon. from how well and from how Aragon defeated Galvatorix like I don't think that Murtag could have done this without the oh but that's what i mean his experience but from i think aragon i think that aragon also could have beaten her maybe because yeah. the inspiration for how he beat her came from aragon yeah i guess that's fair yeah Arzu, right, so thank you for that super chat i just accepted that the dreamers are partially responsible for galvatorix's madness but michelle overestimates her own importance in past events uh, I don't. I don't even think it's overestimates. I think she is very important, right? Because she is so clearly able to infiltrate so much of Alagasia from such a remote place. Like we, you know, we're gonna get into got, yeah, Pimple Face and the the Mystery Man. Pimple Face and the Mystery Man. Yeah. I have no idea. Who you're yeah, the um, Murtag's bully. Lyrith. Yeah. Why is he pimple face? Because fuck him. And sure, okay. uh, the mystery man, because we don't know who he is. Sure. What? <laughs> You're very funny. Pimple face and the mystery man. Like, it's th- like a Batman villain duo. <laughs> pimple face and the mystery man. Uh, they're they're Murtag's enemies going forward. Well, no, Lyrath is dead, but um, mystery man isn't. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so, but we get into this, like, I think that Bechel's influence was legitimately very dangerous, right? Um... Yeah, and I wouldn't I'm, fuck around. Well, unfortunately, Murtag does. Uh, let's let's get into that. We'll, we'll keep talking about this as we go because there's there's a lot I want to talk about this book because there's some really interesting ideas about how you build up your villains in this. But yeah, yeah, I mean, like Bichelle seems like perfectly pleasant for a while, even if she's like a little, even if she's like a lot and mm-hmm. very like she's, she's definitely not willing to give anything away. Um, but yeah, he like sneaks into the tower. He finds the pins, the pin thing, and then and then he goes back to Thorn, and they do fall asleep, and they like have, they have weird dreams. Mm-hmm. Like oh, well that's kind of sus. There's like a big black dragon who's taking over the world, and I felt this like fear, and it was. Ugh. I really like if the if Oslagor isn't a big black dragon, I'm gonna be shocked. 
Yeah, no, I think that it's very clear. Um, I read uh, something on Reddit recently uh, that I think is interesting. Do you think that... Um, do you think that Galbatorix was forcing Shuriken to become so big because not because of he needed to dominate Alagasia, but because he knew what he what was up here that he might have to fight one day? Maybe. Like, do you think that Galbatorix was trying to bring back the Riders? Because I don't know that I don't know that Galbatorix needed the Riders to stay in control of Alagasia, but do you think he was trying to bring back the Riders because he needed multiple dragons to fight whatever this is? Maybe, maybe, because very easily, like, Bashal and Azagor could have, like, could have just wiped out everybody. It, mm -hmm. it, it is kind of what it feels like this is. Especially since, like, she has this magic that cannot be turned around on her because her people have the necklaces. So, like, Bashal's army would have been language. so dangerous. Yeah. yeah, she doesn't use the ancient language, which is, like, which is crazy like like well, and galbatorx's whole if if galbatorx was actually preparing for bishel right yeah and we'll never find out because they're both fucking dead yeah but if galbatorx's mission in that hundred years was bishel is coming she's dangerous as fuck oslagor is dangerous as fuck in order to beat them i need to learn the name of the ancient language what is so funny about that is that all of that was a waste of fucking time because the ancient language wouldn't have saved him exactly yes right yes. and so you have this interesting element of I kind of, this is a retcon that I would enjoy learning more about, um, but we won't, unless, like, Aragon reads Galbatorix's notes and it His says... His diary. Um, but, uh, like, Galbatorix's whole life being this fruitless endeavor to learn the name of the ancient language because he was scared of Bechelle, not knowing that it wouldn't have worked on her, is such a, like, delicious irony yeah. that, um, that is my headcanon because it's awesome. Yeah, I actually, I love that. Yeah. I, um, yeah. That that's the train of thought that I was kind of following, and I'm glad we're on the same page about that. Because I, usually I are. Uh, yeah, usually, <laughs> yeah. I think it makes both of them all that more interesting, um, and it and it's like part of like Bashel's strength, but also weakness in a way. Yeah. I mean, she's she's very adept. Obviously, she's like practiced, and and it's almost part of the reason that I feel like maybe she's way older than 300, and, and I don't know. Okay. But, like, because she doesn't even know the ancient language, like, Murtag observes that, like, she doesn't actually understand how, like, a, a wizard's duel works because she, she doesn't know. It's not that she, like, like, doesn't... It's not that she's ignoring the etiquette of it. It's that, like, she's, like, ignorant in the ways of the world. No, she knows. Like, currently. She just... No, Murtag says, like, oh, she probably doesn't even realize that you're I supposed to... I disagree with Murtag on that. Okay, Because okay. I don't really understand... Here, Here's my thinking on that. I don't understand how she could be so old, have so much influence, and have so many people coming to her and not know... But has like anyone ever that, been like, like, oh, in a wizard's duel, you have to take over someone's mind first because it's like, a, it's the nice thing to do. I feel like she would have someone, in order to have the power that she has, I think that you have to be somewhat inquisitive. Like, I don't know that you can get there by being, by never asking anybody questions. I just wonder get, if. It, in hundreds of years. Like, there's just a point where you would just be curious about stuff just to be curious about stuff. I just wonder if maybe that's like a almost like newer rule of, of etiquette. Like. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, so like it's like, like developed. The wizard's duel has evolved to become this like recently but it's because. Still, it would still predate Galbatorix going to her. 
So, like, at Maybe. the very least, if Galbatorx spent time learning from her, you would think that she would have learned from him in that time. Maybe, yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's, just, it, it's it, like, the idea that she's, like, unaware of the ancient language doesn't work for me. Oh, I'm sure she's aware of the ancient language. No, but I mean, like, of words in it. Like, she, I, like the, it's, I think that she has to be willfully choosing not to use it, not... Oh, for sure. It makes her look so much more powerful. And, yeah. like Murtag says, he ha she is able to come up with things that would take him, like, like minutes to say because mm -hmm. it's so complicated. She can think it. She yeah. has this mental acuity and discipline and is able to be like this make it into being. I absolutely think that she does that. Yeah. Because I think that, I, I think she's very confident in her ability. Yeah. But I don't think she's ignorant of what other people's abilities are. No, no. I just I think, just think that she's she like ancient language. I don't yeah. really care to use that. Yeah. But I think that's different that. than her like being unaware. Oh, uh, no. I meant more the wizard's dual rule of like, oh, the mind like. Oh, no. Thing, I think she maybe. knows that it exists. I don't think she agrees with it. Maybe. Because yeah. I also don't agree with it. Right. Like I think the I think that there are ways around the wizard duel thing that are like underhanded. Don't get me wrong, but I fight dirty, uh, and so I think that like if you're gonna fight clean, you would use the wizard duel rules. Um, but I would use magic to kill people before they even know I'm there. Uh, no, but the pro that's the problem is because if you're trying to kill somebody who has spent decades putting wards around themselves, mm -hmm. you have no idea how to kill them, and then you've you've lost your advantage. And so mm -hmm. that's why when two people are standing there fighting one another, yeah, I could like just throw an attack at you, but I have no idea what kind of counters you have. If I throw a fireball for at you, for example, yeah. and you have a ward on you that literally takes that fire and like s turns it into lava and mm -hmm. it, like shoots back at me in some way or whatever it is. Or like if a fireball hits me, then like the freaking floor collapses under you. Like you, th those are the things that you can't know and anticipate because there's like a million and one possibilities. And that's why you break into the mind of the person so that you don't kill yourself in the process. Or if, if you see I cast something and you do something gut instinct to like try and stop it like that yeah. th then it's it's basically the difference between one of you dying or both of you dying and here's the thing i'm sure there's a lot of wizards who are like ah fuck it, it we're both gonna die and i don't care but for there to be like a winner i think that that's why the like like i think it's 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 impossible to anticipate every move that your opponent could have set I, up. I agree with that if you and your opponent are looking at each other mm -hmm. and one of you can see the other cast I think that there aren't enough wizards in Allegasia using rogue multi-classing to be... To get that sneak to attack get sneak bonus. Because I think that magic plus sneak attack in this world is much more dangerous than magic that you can see. Yeah, I'm just saying if I sneak attack you and you have a ward up that like... But you don't like feel... The, the thing about this is that it's not like Wheel of Time where like you feel someone embrace the source. So you... No, but you feel a drain on your wards. They activate. Yeah, but you don't know where that comes from. And that's the thing about this magic system, that there are there are sneaky ways around it, in that, like, it's, that, it, it is never talked about in the books that someone uses magic and another person, like, feels like, oh, they're behind that wall using magic. That's not how this magic system works. But you could have a ward set up that does that. I guess you might be able to. Like, if someone uses magic on me, it's like Murtag talks about but, the but ifs. that's why you don't use magic then. on somebody. Use Always use magic on something else and attack them with it. 100%. Because if they're... If, 
if the only way that they survive a wall falling on them is if they have a ward or if they have an item on them that has magical energy that powers that ward because if they're powering the ward themselves you just always drop things that are too heavy yeah. on people the lesson in this book is just drop heavy things on people yes. if you want to make sure they're dead yes don't use magic on the person no no i agree if you use magic yeah. on the person you are in much more danger because i think that setting a ward that is if somebody if something falls on me because it was pushed with magic then I will know where the person who put the magic on the thing. I don't know that you could concoct a word that would allow you to like the, I don't know if the magic lingers long enough for the, your ward to be able to tap into what happened to get that thing to that place. I'm I don't know. I, here's the thing: the the way magic works in this world is like basically limited by imagination only. Maybe if you can't, maybe if you don't know enough words to get to that spot. I, no, I think it would be a power issue. I think skill it, issue. I, no, 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 not skill. No, because just... skill would be the wording. I think that yeah. you could word the spell, but the danger would be that your magic has to go back in time, and the amount of energy to go back in time is too great. You cannot reverse time with the magic, right? And so, I, because I think it's a power problem, and so I think that you would, if you were to set a ward that had to figure out where that rock was coming from, your ward would essentially have to tap into the magic of the universe, reverse time, and figure out where that magic came from. Well, no, you don't have to figure it out. It could be an instantaneous, like, effect. Like, but it's not instantaneous, it's... because the magic that threw the rock is already done. You would have your magic. Oh, like if you're not affecting someone directly. I, your I magic would have to go back to the moment in time where that magic projected the rock. Yeah, sure, sure. Right. I hear you. Yeah. And so you would end up in this weird cycle of time issues. And I think the power necessary to go back in time is 88 gigawatts, which is more power than I think a human can make. Well, they which talk, is why you need a new like the, the amount they, of. They talk about that in the original. Uh, in the inheritance cycle yeah right that the 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 people tried to like see the future in the past and they just died and they were like well we don't touch that anymore yeah because you need 88 gigawatts which is the power of a nuclear explosion which you can only get from the lebanese what have you never seen back to the future yeah i then i that's it's just back to i the mean future. i don't remember anything about lebanese that, it doesn't he he steals the plutonium from the Lebanese, doesn't fine, he? I'm fine, I'm fine. Do I have the wrong country? Uh, look, I have not seen. No, that I, movie I appreciate it's the Lebanese forever. because isn't there's a parody where it's the lesbians and he steals the plutonium from the lesbians? Oh, jeez. <laughs> I uh, Libyans. Okay. I was so close from the Libyans. Uh, I, I I don't know. I saw that movie when I was like eight. So and so when so when the if, the, if you want to go back in time uh -huh. in Allegasia, right. you have to first invent nuclear fission. Gotcha. But once they invent nuclear fission, they could use them. They could use their magic to trap the power of nuclear fission to go back in time. Sure. That Christopher Paolini. This is the fracture verse. Fractal, fractal. Fractal. Whatever. I haven't read any of it yet, but we will soon. Uh, this is the fractal verse Allegasia crossover that we need. Uh -huh. Is Doc Brown and Marty McFly using the true language to use a nuclear bomb to go back in time and uh, save the writers? Well, there you go. There you go. Things I would never have thought of. Oh, wow. Why does my brain work this way? It's a, it's a great question. It's why I love you, you know? Never a dull moment. Uh, anyways.
Uh, it is the next day, and uh, <laughs> this is this is where Mertes we've been we've been in the village Aowen. for twenty four hours, and we're an hour into the podcast. I know, I know, I know, I know. I mean, like this is just kind of we need to skip over some stuff. Well, we, need, meets, we need to get moving. He meets Aelin, who's a very important character, so we're gonna bring her up. She yeah cannot she's be touched. a virgin. She cannot be touched ever. Touched um, for zero times, and she's like very like in awe of Thorn and Mertag. Yeah, because he's a fucking dragon. I I mean, I would be too. I get it. I get it. I, I do love, you know, going back on the relationship to Murtag and Thorn. Murtag mm-hmm. is so over how cool Thorn is. And I love that because it would happen, right? Like, you would get so used to it. Yeah, it's just my fucking dragon. Like, I don't... And so I, I love the idea that Murtag is like, oh, my God, stop fawning over him. He'll get a big ego about it. I know, it. I know. Which is what I do to you. You are my thorn, You're my, but you're my little dragon. Yes, yes. Yeah. Small dragon. Uh, Fabu, hi. It's good to see you. Short stacks and sidekick boy. That's a comic book. Yeah. Yeah, honestly. Um, yeah, she thinks that Thorn is literally a living god, which is fair. Fair. Somewhat it's a true. Dragon. Yeah, literally. Um, so, yeah, so she, like, cleans Thorn's scales, you know, like, gets them ready. And um, Murtag sees all of these people. Yeah. Uh, telling their dreams to some interpreters, I guess. And, like, some people get to tell their dreams directly to Bichelle. You know, oh, you tell the speaker this and she'll, like, let you know. And so, some of them don't, I guess... Uh, it depends on how cool your dream was. Yeah, if you got Bichelle really cool doesn't dream. want to hear no basic dreams. Yeah. Bichelle doesn't want to hear that your pants fell down and when you were talking in front of the class. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? She wants to hear that good shit. She wants to hear that, like, I dreamt good, I had good. sex with my sister and I don't know what to do about oh, it. Jesus. You know what I mean? Um, the, the one that I did I've never... I want to be very clear. I never had... I don't dream, never. so... Um, you know what? I might have had the dream. Wouldn't know. I, I've never, I like, do I not remember. remember a single dream in my life. The one thing I do want to talk about is the, the woman who's like, oh, I had, I uh, had bad dreams. It was it's bad of me. I am unholy or whatever the fuck it is. Right. Mm-hmm. And everyone around is like, oh my God, this bitch again. Yeah. Um, and she says, um, she says, I did not dream as was right and proper. My mind was empty all the night until just before waking. Then an image filled my mind and I saw the white mountain with, and that's all we get. Yeah. We, that's all. Do you think that that mountain is the mountain that Aragon is raising the new dragons on? Yeah, probably. I could see that. Although he, I feel like Aragon, I don't think he's on a mountain. I think he's on a mountain range, right? Yeah, but he, you In got order for them to have him. enough food. Yeah, but like, you know, they're building their hall. They're like yeah, a massive hall on a mountain, so. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it was a reference to that. Because there's no white mountain in the spine. And there's no white mountain in the Bior Mountains. I mean, well, that, they're that covered we... in snow, so kind of. But I, I... but I think that this is a more specific thing than that. Yeah. Otherwise, it would be the entirety of the Bior Mountains. So I have a feeling that it isn't the snow that they're talking about. I think that it is actually the stone that the mountain is made out of. Is probably a lighter shade. Because um, you do see that sometimes. Okay. Um, Maybe it has something to do with where Angela is from. Did you read the short stories? I can't remember. No. Okay. Well, then... Okay. Then... Well... Just talk fun. about it. I, I, I don't mind. It's more just that, like... um. Uh, I'll read them for the the two year anniversary on the. We'll talk about them briefly on the two year stream. Sure. I mean, basically, there's one short story that. Sorry, involves, we are we. I, uh, yeah. We were busy. We were in LA, and it was like it, there was a lot going on. Um, but yeah, like it, it is kind of implied that Angela is from some other land. 
or country or world. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> and so maybe and of all the things that make sense in this world, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like she she goes and she gets Elva to like tutor her, um, and like basically like whisks her through a magic door. Fuck off, Febu. <laughs> Uh, so uh, Murtag uh, confronts um, Bichelle. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Hey, I saw, I, I found Stevia's sugar packets in the crow nest in the aviary of the crows." And Bichelle's like, "Do not tempt me, Bilbo Baggins!" And the whole of the earth shakes. Uh, and they're like, "Oh shit, this woman is powerful as fuck." Uh, and she's like, we're gonna go hunting. And so they go and they hunt, and uh, fucking um, uh, Murtag's like, wait, bitch, you don't have no dogs. There's no dogs in this whole place. What the fuck is this shit? She's like, dogs, unholy. <laughs> Blasphemous like creatures. Yeah. yeah, we don't like dogs. And I'm like, automatically suspicious. Oh, I would have killed her right then and there. Immediate, immediate death. Uh... Immediate death. Blasphemy. The dogs, look, dogs are smart, right? Dogs trust their fucking noses. And the noses here are all going, oh my God, it smells like a fucking hot, uh, a fucking hot springs. Yeah, they're like nasty. Oh my God, the sulfur. Have you lived next to sulfur? I did for a day. And I was like, we're moving, mom. (laughs) We're we're leaving. No, we're, we're getting out. We had to drive through this like sulfur field. Ugh, fuck, it smells so bad. Yeah, it's rough. It's not fun. And so uh, they, they hunt, and they find out that the hunting here is... Um, they just they just charge the boars without dogs, and it works. But Murtag almost like dies. boars charge them. Fair. Boars are very aggressive. Uh, he rides yeah. a horse. Thorn is very upset about it. I think it's freaking hilarious. The hornless deer. Yeah, and he's like, you know it's a horse. And he's like, yes. But it is funnier if I call them, if I insult them for no fucking reason. And I'm like, Thorn, you are a I petty love, I love bitch. Thorn. Yes. You are a petty little, yes. like, Thorn, Thorn should be competing on RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah, yeah, 100%. 100%. Uh, Shante, you stay. Yeah. Sashay away. I also does bring up a good point that, like, um, it does seem like something else shakes the mountain. It does not appear like it's Bechelle, because, like, he's like, there's no fucking way. Um, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. 100%. You know, he's it's like, or the giant dragon under the ground. Yeah, it's pretty suspicious. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I love, I love Thorns. Like my, I love how Thorns' mind works. He's hilarious. He's probably like my new favorite character. Yeah. In this series, like truly, I I adore him, and he must be protected at all costs. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 easy when you like take what is essentially like, not a pet, but like a pet adjacent thing, and give it trauma. And then tell me all about its trauma and make me feel bad for it. You know what I mean? Wow. Like, if you give me a dog with PTSD movie, I will love that dog forever. Yeah. It's it's not hard, yeah. and and not that not the dragons are dogs because they're sentient and it is slightly different. Well, and uh, fucking Thorn is like, is it weird that there's no dogs? And Murtag's like, well, yeah, kind of. It's like the closest mm-hmm. bond that you, to what you and I have. And Thorn is like, yeah, I don't fucking believe you, but sure. Yeah. It's like really dogs, really. Hmm, I don't know about that. Yeah, and so um. They we, go hunting. They go hunting. They do catch a boar. Murtag almost dies. Yeah. Thorn kind of thinks it's hilarious, but is also really concerned. He has a he has a very interesting relationship with Murtag. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And then uh, we get another dream, another sleep moment. Um, a black sun rimmed by black flame hung against a darkling sky. The stars were faded, guttering. 
I don't ha I don't really understand what guttering means there. But um, this word, uh, this book has the word divers uh, that doesn't have an e on the end, and the internet lost its mind over that. That's true. The world was dead. All the ground was cracked and charred as by Nalgorgoth. Bare trees stood on the flanks of slumped mountains. The sharpness of their peaks defeated by the passage of uncounted eons. No birds or beasts were to be seen. If he wandered to the ends of the land, he knew he would find nothing but bones and ash. Existence was a tomb wherein the sins of the past lay interred. But no. Not entirely. Ahead of him, close to the grim, di the dim gray. Me Why am I reading? I am dyslexic. Uh, horizon, an enormous section of the ground heaved upward as if the world were breaking apart. Flecks of red flashed from the silhouette like coals seen through smoked glass. Dread consumed him. Total thought destroying dread that caused his limbs to go limp and his mind to go slack with unremitting fear. All had been lost and there before him lay the instrument of their destruction. The beast rose rampant against the black sun, a wingless dragon, a dra dragon, apocalyptic in size, terrifying in presence, destroyer of hope, eater of light, snake-tongued and hook-clawed. Well done. They're going to win because they have wings, but it's going to be tough because a big wingless dragon is dangerous. Uh, yeah, that would be pretty fucking terrifying. Do you think it's actually a dragon or is it just like a really cool T-Rex? T-Rex. No, I don't think it's a T-Rex. Because I, I would think it's fucking like a, love if it was just a T-Rex. I think it's like a, like, it's, it's not a, it's not a dragon in the way that they're dragons because it doesn't have wings and also the shape of the head is different. Like, remember there are, there's all these carvings and stuff around now, Gorgoth mm -hmm. and uh, Murtex like, oh, they are dragons, but they're not. They're like a little bit different. T-Rexes. Maybe it's the mother of dragons. But what if they're T-Rexes? Well, then they're not that terrifying because their arms can't reach anything. But what if they're real big T-Rexes? Even a big T-Rex is not... Oh, guttering is what a candle or torch does when it's about to go out. Mm -hmm. Interesting. It's like kind of like a sputtering as well. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I want them to be T-Rexes. Okay. I just want them to have to go fight a, like, fucking mountain-sized T-Rex. Because I think as a child of um, the Jurassic Park generation, I think that'd be cool. Uh, sure, yeah, yeah. Guys, you heard it here first. Aslagor is actually a T-Rex. Yeah, um, uh, and so he has a pretty killer dream here. Uh, I think that we do kind of meet as Lagor in the stream, personally. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like this is a little bit less, like, hinting and a little bit more, this is what it is. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Because cause if it's not a giant dragon thing, like, what is Aragon going to fight? Like, you have to create... I don't think that there's a person on the planet other than maybe Angela, who's a legitimate threat to Aragon at this point. Yeah. Um. And so I, I do feel like it has to kind of be that. Yeah, for sure. It, it's what it seems like it is, you know, when they go underground and, like, um, Mertag's, like, looking into the well or whatever. Like, it, it does feel like it is just, like, a, a, a worm, like, the like the size of the planet, almost, in a way. Um, but, yeah, it doesn't have wings. It's, like, sight, shaped slightly differently. Like, it is, like, dragon-adjacent, mm -hmm. uh, you know? Um in the same way that you kind of have the dragon adjacent, like, uh, there's, like, there's different beasts in this world that, like, are dragon adjacent, right? There's the ones in the sky, um, in the BR Mountains, the, um, Fang, Fang, uh, mm -hmm. Fanger, I think is what they're called. Um, and then there's the one in the ocean that they almost get eat, eaten by, uh, Aragon and Saphir on their way to, yeah. what's his, to, to, to... Vrolengard. Yeah. Uh, I was like, I know it's supposed to be. Um, like, there seem to be dragon-adjacent things, and I wonder if Aslagor is almost the, like, 
not the creator, but is like the original of all of those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And there were like different evolutions that came from him. But yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's cool. It's like left pretty ambiguous here, which is nice because um, we kind of get to imagine it for a little while until the next books come out. Um, yeah. Which I'm very, 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 very excited for. Over the next few days, Murtag kind of hangs out. Um, I'm just asking Bishop questions, basically. Uh, well, she says, stay a day and a night. Yeah. So. And he does, even though he definitely shouldn't, because he sees her take down the board. She's really good at it. Yeah. Uh, and it's kind of crazy. Uh, and then um, he finally kind of. Uh, oh, and then Lyrith shows up. And then he kind of finally confronts Bechelle and is like, yo, what the fuck is this? Oh, the the pin thing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And then she shakes him out and gets upset. Yeah. And Murtag's like, wow, I don't know how the fuck she did that. That's pretty sus. Yeah. Um, Bichelle mentioned there are multiple places for the dreamers. Do you think there are more than one of these dragon-like beings, or is there one moving from place to place? Mm-hmm. For me, it feels like it's one. I could be wrong. Uh, so, uh, we learned from Aelin that the only time Bichelle has ever done anything like that shake before is when Uluthrek comes to town. Who's Uluthrek? It's Angela, which I didn't catch on the first time, but you did, so well done. I, I would not have, obviously, if we had not just read The Inheritance Cycle before this and heard Nagarjvog call her Uluthrek yeah. in that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I do love this detail that Angela and Bechelle, what which is so interesting, right? Because in the book, um, we're, we talked with Christopher Paolini in our interview with him, and I, uh, well, I brought up, I was like, oh, you've kind of written evil Angela in Bechelle. And Chris Pallini was like, oh, I never thought about that. And I was like, it's so interesting that he didn't think about that because he put in this moment of... Them meeting. Of them meeting. Yeah. And that and that uh, Angela is the rival that got away. Yeah. Because I don't... I The way it's written and the fact that Angela... Or the fact that Bichelle did this with Angela there tells me that Angela and her are not friends. They're not working together. No, no, definitely not. I have a feeling, you know, Bichelle tried to, like, use the breath or something on Angela, and Angela was like, bitch, excuse yeah. me? Do you know who you're talking to? Yeah, and so um, they, they kind of have this conversation. Murtag is like, Thorn, I just need to see what's in that cave before we go, but then we'll leave and we'll go tell people. We just need, like, one last thing. Yeah. Uh, and so he uh, goes down into the cave, and uh, it's, it's bad immediately. Oh, yeah. It's awful. Yeah. Uh, I do like the chapters called The Bad Sleep Well. The Bad, yes. Because it's like The Bad Sleep Well, but it could also mean that the bad sleep well. Yes. Right? Like, bad people do sleep good. Whereas good people struggle to sleep because they, like, go over all of their embarrassments and humiliations before sleep, but bad people don't care about that, so they just conk out. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Dutch Daddy Gamer over on Twitch says, um, interesting, Angela's the only one Bichelle left the village for to meet. Like, yeah. I'm so curious to know what Angela knows about the Dreamers. Uh, like, I need to know. I, I need to know so badly. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm excited for that. Whenever, whenever we get to it. I know that this book, I think, sold better than uh, Christopher Bellini anticipated, so yeah. hopefully that means we get more inheritance. And worthwhile, I, I think, like, I, this isn't a book, in my opinion, and I said this in the interview, like, I don't think that this is a book that sold on nostalgia. I do think this is a very good book. Yeah. Like, I don't think, I think that if you're not a fan of Algasia, this book isn't going to work for you. Obviously, it's book five in a series. But I think that if you do like the inheritance cycle, other than the section we're about to talk about being fairly dark, 
uh, much darker certainly than anything in the inheritance cycle and maybe it, some people would argue it's too much um i think that this book um is a very worthy addition to the world and builds upon what I think was a really strong end with Brissinger and Inheritance mm -hmm. and continues the quality of those two books. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I, yeah. It's, it's, it is really well done. Like, there's so much in here that I love. Um, um, and so, yeah, we get, we get down to the well uh, and Bechelle is there and she's like, yo, you are not supposed to be here, motherfucker. And Murtag's like, tell me the truth. Uh, and this is where I think, this is where I don't think that Bechelle, because Bechelle says she's not going to lie to him, right? Mm, and I, I don't think she's lying when she says this. Murtag um, says, Galbatorix, he went adventuring in the north, and a group of Urgles... No, cried Bechel. It is true that Urgles slew Jarninvusk. Jarninvusk, yeah. Jarninvusk, uh, in the icy reaches of the far north, but you are mistaken as to the reason Galbatorix and his unfortunate party ventured north. He lied to you, Outlander. What he told you and everything else you have heard from the riders of old about that expedition all lies. I don't think that she would lie about the Jarninvosk part, but be honest about the other part. Like, it just seems like that is all true to me. I think yeah. that Urgles did slay Jarninvosk. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's just crazy that they were able to, but they were young and inexperienced, and yeah, they probably just got fucked. Well, and, and it's I think that we are so conditioned to think that dragons are so hard to kill, but at the, t the the Urgles of that time would have been fighting dragons all the time. Oh, fair. So I think that, like, they would have been much more conditioned to fighting dragons than the Urgles that we meet a hundred years later, who are, what, three or four generations past ever having fought a dragon, right? Yeah. <clears throat> like, I think that if you look back at the Urgles of Galbatorix's time as a rider, they would have been hunted by dragons throughout their history and would have to have a way to survive. There's a, you got, yeah, you got to read the short stories. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, yeah. I don't know, I, I buy that they could, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a really good short story in, um, in, uh, The Fourth Witch and the Worm about, about that, that I think you'll love. Um, uh, Gamer, uh, no, we, we have not read To Sleep in a Sea of Stars yet. No, but not I yet. I would really like to. Um, hi, College Rose, good to see you as well. Uh, and so then she starts breathing on him. Yeah, she's got this flask which has some stinky gas in it. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not pleasant, and it's actually it's like just a mind wipe. Belle Delphine's bathwater. Oh, yeah. the, but like the aer aerosol version. Yeah. Sure. Well, it's it's been in there for thousands of years, so it's pungent. But uh, yeah, it's just um, right. It's fermenting. Yeah, that gamer girl bathwater, uh, and Murtag uh, not being conditioned to being around an e girl the way that I am, uh, it falls prey to it because he he doesn't have a he hasn't built up a tolerance. Of course, yeah. Um, uh, in the way that too uh, powerful that I clearly have, uh, seen as how I am no longer wooed by you, uh, in any way, shape, or form. My charms don't work anymore. Uh, and so uh, what what follows is a difficult section of the book. Yeah, read. yeah. If you're if 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 you're not here for the deep dark of it, uh, this is where the trigger warnings really start. Mm -hmm. uh, because Murtag and Thorn get captured by Bichelle. Mm -hmm. Um They're like ensnared by the breath and uh, kept drugged. And Bichelle is adamant that uh, Thorn and Murtag swear fealty to her and the Dreamers and their cause. Um, our chef, thank you so much for that super for chat. That super chat. Uh, and hence begins the part where I started sobbing and getting stressed, stopped, stomach aches. Uh, I almost did not finish from the pain. I understand that. This goes on for a long time. And uh, essentially what it boils down to is Bichelle tortures Murtag yeah. for a while. And... Um, 
violates him in ways that even Galvatorx didn't, right? Yeah. I think that even at the height of what Galvatorx did to Murtag, he allowed Murtag to keep his personality. And he did not, as much as he harmed uh, Thorn, he did not ride Thorn or like have other people riding Thorn in that like violate because I think that uh, Galvatorix, despite being awful, and I'm not saying that this makes Galvatorix better than Bashel no, in some ways. No, no, I'm just trying to point out the differences in the way that they treated Murtag and Thorn. Yeah. Um, Galvatorix had more respect for the rider-dragon relationship and what he needed Murtag to be in the long run. Right. Um, which I actually think allowed Galvatorix to keep Murtag better under his thumb for longer than... Uh, than this, like... Bechelle, yeah, who views Murtag and Thorn as separate tools... And uses them separately, and violating their connection to each other, but also opening up an issue of not understanding how much their bond pulls them together, even when they're magically unable to, like, have the personality to do it themselves. And Bichelle never asks about his, like, true name or anything like that. Like, she believes that, like, the breath and the drugs are just, like, so powerful that she doesn't... Well, I don't know that she'd be able to pronounce it, right? I wonder if that matters, but yeah, I think it maybe, does. Yeah, I think I, I, I think that like being able to, I I don't think, like if someone were to say their true name to me in German, I don't know that I could replicate it well enough that I would have power over it. Maybe because I would maybe. hear it and go, "I'm sorry, you're gonna have to say that a billion times very slowly." Yeah, in order for me to know what that means, and it's not like two words. Yeah. Like like true names are like sentences long. Um, I. I think she would know about true names. I honestly just think that she's like, eh, I'm good. I'm, like, I, I'm great. I have the power of Azagora. I don't give a fuck. Like, I I don't agree with this idea that she wouldn't know that they exist. I just think she I just is think too, she's too far. Old. I think she's too old, and I think she is too far ingrained into Elegasia with her eyes and ears. Like, the stuff that she knows is like like she has clearly been spying on them forever mm -hmm. like she would she would know about true names I, I feel like um that's just like i just don't think that she like use it as important piece. her tools no she's right. like i am above that yeah. it's the like lessers who have to resort to the ancient language well I, I don't i think that she the the, the thing about bichelle that i find very interesting and why i think that she is a great villain is because she is a cult leader who is fully bought in to her own Kool-Aid of the cult, right? Yeah. I think that Bichelle would be less interesting if she had ulterior motives and, like, was using the cult for her own gain. Yeah, no, she is in. It is, it is more interesting that she is a full believer. And so I think that she would view true names and the, the, the ancient language and that magic as coming from something other than Oslagor. And that's and so a no, she no. only, yeah, she only wants to use the power of her cult yeah. because anything else like using dogs to hunt is, it's more about it being blasphemous, but I think that she is aware of it, right? Yeah. I th I, it's more about like her willful choice of how she's using magic. Yeah. Rather than her, because I, <laughs> If the story is just that she's not aware, I find that really tough to 
thought. And I, I don't think that that's the case. Like personally, obviously, it doesn't say one way or the other. But I, I don't think that it's a that it's ignorance. Mm -hmm. I think it is an active choice. And I think that Shafika brings up a really interesting idea that Galbatorix probably saw this and tried to find the true name because he's like, Bashel doesn't use this. It's a tool that I can use that she will never have or understand. Like I, which need... is so funny because even Murtag knowing his own true name doesn't protect him from no, what she does. No, and, yeah. and it doesn't, and it doesn't work. But I could yeah. understand Galbatorix is thinking there and trying to have a tool that she does not. But I like the irony of Murtag not being able, or of Galbatorix spending all of this time working on something and it not really coming to fruition. Yeah, yeah. Like even even if he had succeeded, yeah, he would have failed. Which I actually I. I like quite a bit. Yeah, ah, oh, for sure. Yeah, and, and this part of the this section of the book is is harrowing because yeah. we get flashbacks as well to Murtag and Thorn's uh, lives previously. Like we see him, yeah. we see Murtag's first time killing a man. Um, yeah. it, when Galvatorix pits him against one another in in a duel, and it makes Murtag kill him. Right. We see his relationship with Tornak, and mm -hmm. and Tornak trying to help him escape, and Tornak dying because of that. And well, and I. I I, I the think trust there. I understand the argument people make that this goes on for a long time. Yeah. My counterpoint to that is that my favorite thing about this section and why I love this section, even though it is so hard to read. Because it is. Is because we get all of that past inter information about Murtag. I agree. And I don't think that we could have gotten as much flashback if this section were shorter because it yeah. would have been all flashback. Yes. So I, 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 as much as I as much as I can sympathize with uh, Arazu, right, I, I understand the feeling of like this was really hard to read because yes. it was. Yes. And it does go on for a while. Especially like not to like brag, but we got to talk about Christopher Paolini oh. immediately after finishing this. Oh, yeah. But the, the downside of brag. that, I'm very we keep bringing it up. It. Yeah. I just, it was very fun. Um, but the, the downside of that was that we had to read this book in like two days, not knowing if we liked it. And there was a point where, because this goes on for like 100 pages, right? There was a point, I, mean, I think it might be longer than that. There was a point in this section where I was like, if this doesn't break, <laughs> yeah. I don't know how I'm going to interview him. <laughs> Right. I was like, we are because there was I was reading this the day of the interview. And so I was like, we are going to meet this man in five hours. Yeah. <laughs> and right now I am miserable. Yeah. <laughs> and it was a weird feeling. There was a there's this sense of like, oh, my God, if I don't like the end of this book, we have to go talk to this man for an hour today. Like we had no I there was no time to process how we were feeling about it. Yeah. Before we spoke to him. Yeah, we literally had we had less than two days to read this book to, mm -hmm. to interview him. And uh um, it all worked out. It's yeah. fine. But yeah, there was a point there where I was like, holy shit, this is so dark. This is harrowing. Like, yeah. Um, but I, I, I think it's well done. I, I agree with you. I'm... I, I, it does, it is a bit long, but I am grateful that we have those flashback moments. And yeah. so I, I think that that's how it's broken up really well. Well, um, we get, we get moments that I wanted, like Murtag yeah. touching the egg. Yeah. Right? Like... And his connection with Thorn, mm -hmm. and, and then also like Thorn's like fears and where they come from, like the horrible like the most justified claustrophobia in the world. Yeah, yeah. To be kept in a cage and just stabbed constantly is the most like. I know Mr. Awful. Beast did it for a week, um, willingly, but, yeah, but Thorn did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Thorn did not consent to this, um, and and also forcing Thorn. Any time that he needs to eat to to kill, yeah, like he's never he never has that tenderness uh, at the beginning of his life of someone caring for him and raising him and, and taking care of him. Mm -hmm. He is nearly ripped apart by wolves 
for his first meal. Yeah. Um, and that's yeah, it was heartbreaking. Like like I yeah, reading it was was tough, but in a way that I think was handled really well. Um, yeah. No, I, I completely agree. I I, I I don't have an issue with yeah. the length of it, the way that um other people do. Yeah. And, and But I think that part of that is because I read it so fast, I didn't have time to stop and like be like, oh, God, I don't want to pick this up tomorrow. Right. I had to keep going because of the interview. And so I got to the breaking point. Uh, well, and so, so did Murtag, um, because she does break him. Like, yeah, like she, she fully... And granted, it's it's a magical. It's not like you know. It's it's it, there's a magical element to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, the breath like saps his will and his identity, as well as the torture. Like there are there are so many compounding factors. One of the things I find interesting is that my the moment where I hate Bashel the most in this section mm-hmm. is not when she's like doing something awful to them. It is when they go out hunting again and she rides Murtag or she rides Thorn for the hunt. Yeah. That is the moment where I had, I was like seen red angry. Oh, yeah. And there was a moment, I think, where she like pats Murtag <clears throat> on the head or whatever. And I was like, Yeah, that's pretty gross too. Jesus Christ. And I was like, Fuck this woman. Like, yeah. she's the worst. Um, But through this all, uh, Murtag isn't completely broken because he is kept in a cell. Mm-hmm. And across from him is. I'm going to get the name wrong. Uthric? Or, 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 or Redville or Uvek, Uvek. Uvek. I knew it was, sorry, uh, I knew it was uh, so close. Um, and he gets visited regularly by a hot virgin. I mean, I guess so. I was about, I was like, oh my god, is, is Murtek about to move on from Naswada? No, it Are never him felt and like that gonna, to me. I don't know, I kind of did to me. Really? I, got, I never felt that. I kind of got, like... There is a version of the next book in this that is that Naswada and Murtag are not together, and instead it is Murtag and Aelin traveling and healing each other's traumas mm-hmm. because they both have this deeply rooted trauma from someone. They, they have a similar upbringing that I think that they could that they could understand each other in a way that I don't think Naswada and Murtag can. Really, I think that I think that Naswada and Murtag um, have more similarities because Aelin has never seen anything outside of the world and is so like naive in that sense. Sure, no, I'm not saying that like that Naswada and Murtag have nothing in common. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that Aelin and Murtag share a sort of like um, a, uh, an upbringing where there is a entity that is enforcing a worldview onto you constantly, and they both are breaking out of that in a similar way. Yeah, yeah, and okay. and I think that like. In a world where Paling doesn't do what he does at the end of the book, and where where Murtag and Naswada cannot be together, and Murtag has to move on from that, I don't think Aelin would have been the worst choice. Not immediately. Like, I don't think they should have slept together in this book, right? Right. But I think yeah. that, like, there is a world where they could be a, be a balm for each other mm-hmm. in a way that um, very few people can, right? Very yeah. few people go through this kind of very, like, sheltered cult experience uh, and Murtag does have a similar experience with Galbatorix's like control over his mind yeah and I, I, I I'm I don't hate where this book ends but I just there were points in the book where I was like oh I could see how you could write the like long-term romance of him and Aelin right and it be about two people bringing each other a, a sense of wholeness from this trauma that kind of resides in them both yeah because because uh, one of the things about Naswada and the relationship with him, before we get to ours, I think of the super chat, we'll get to it in one second. <coughs> one of the things about Naswada and Murtag's relationship is that 
Murtag kind of needs someone to be there for him. And Naswada is a person who is in a place of such power and responsibility that she kind of needs a person to be there for her. Yeah. Like, they both kind of need support partners. Yeah. And because Naswada is going to be too busy at times to really be everything Murtag needs if he is having a traumatic episode, right? If there are those things that happen in his life. Yeah. And so I, I don't know that... And I, I'm not mad about where this book ends. I think that, like, it's an interesting relationship and how they figure that out is going to be interesting in the future of the series. But there is an element of Murtag's trauma and coming out of a re-traumatization at the hands of Bechelle that Naswada is going to be too busy to be there for mm-hmm. in a way that I find interesting and I don't know how they handle that as a couple. I think, honestly, I think it's going to be that... I, I think uh, one of the possibilities is that Murtag just ends up being there for Nasuada because he knows that her purpose, like, their purposes, like, are, are aligned and that he can protect her and, like, kind of, like, be the one person in court that she can trust in a way. But I think that that is too much pressure for him to be under while he's trying to recover from trauma, Maybe. right? Yeah. I think that, like, but I think it is just that's a... too big a thing to put on his shoulders right now. I think that some people recover from trauma by 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 gaining a sense of purpose. So it mm. just, it, it depends. <laughs> I think some people... I think some people hide their trauma under their bed by gaining a sense of purpose. I don't some think people. that that is the same thing as processing. No, but and it's I don't, different for different people. But I don't know that being in a place where everybody looks at you like you are a villain is the best place for him to process his trauma. Like, nobody in that court, except Naswada and Aragon and Arya, are going to be... I don't know. I think facing it head on. Like, I he ran take, away, I, I, right? I know, but he he just got out of Bechelle's grasp. yeah. The la- it's the last thing he remembers. Like, I think that he just needs six months. And then and then maybe, right? Sure. I'm not saying never. Yeah, I'm just yeah, saying that, yeah. like, going immediately into that situation is, like, jumping into a pressure cooker in a way that I don't know is the healthiest for Murtag. That's, but we'll get to end when we get to end. Yeah. Arzu Super Chat. Arzu, thank you so much for that. Uh, you under also understand why Murtag uh, never even thinks to ask for Thorn's scale. Having scales ripped off as part of Thor- Thorn's torture by Grapple Torx. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah for sure. Because a lot of people are like, why didn't you just use Thorn's? And it's like, well, I don't want to, I'm not going to rip off my toenail if I don't have to, you know? <laughs> yeah, Sounds and so, awful. Uh, when I was talking, when when we were talking with Chris Paolini, uh, I brought up um, uh, um, uh, that I, I like this play between him and Aragon's stories and how they have a lot of similarities. Yeah. And it was kind of the most excited Chris Prowling he got in the interview, which was fun to see. I'm so glad you noticed. Uh, But this is one of those moments. Uh, In the Inheritance Cycle, we get uh, Nargarjvog and Aragon having this bond Mm -hmm. and coming together over it. Uh, And then in this, we have Uvek and Murtag uh, coming together and bonding and um, literally becoming brothers. Yeah. Yeah. How did you feel about them becoming brothers after a week? Uh, why not? Desperate times. <laughs> Murtag's like, I cannot swear. Like, I, I can't swear to your whole race. Like, I just, like, you ask something of me I cannot give. Yeah. And they compromise in becoming family. Um, which I, I, I loved it. I think that, like, them trying to come up with a solution together. Like, Murtag is like, help. Like, he's, like, doing all of these terrible things. Because their relationship comes about by being in proximity. Yeah. But then the moment that it changes is when Murtag is forced to go murder a bunch of innocents. Yeah. Uh, men, women, and children, right? Um, and and he, like, gets in this, like, haze of this, like, fog of war almost where he doesn't know what he's doing until after it clears and he's like, I just murdered a bunch of children. Like, and it's it's And we know children awful. 
are Murtag's thing. Yeah, like, like he's not. That sounded weird. His we like he he's really he's, wants to save kids. Annoying. Yeah, he like. I he, know, but saying mur children no, are Murtag's thing is a weird sentence. I, no, I I am I'm glad you rephrased that. No, he cares so deeply, God, and damn. that that like that breaks him again in another way, and he just he says yeah. help because he hasn't talked to Uvek in weeks. They they mm -hmm. kind of become close while Bashel's trying to break him, but then after he breaks, like he they they can't even converse because Murtag is so fucked up. Yeah. Um. And and then he just says help. And Uvek is like, oh, God, okay, well, what can I do? Uvek is like, I have this stone that is imbued with, like, healing, weirding words, but there's no energy for it. Um, and um, Murtag remembers the yellow diamond yeah. that he found um, in Gilead, which I swear to God, I feel like it's got to be nagling, but I, I don't know. I, it just feels so important. I do not know that there is anybody in Allegasia that I believe could take apart a rider sword. I know. It's just, like, thematically the thing. Like, he, like, kills Ormus in, in a way that he doesn't want to. I and totally then understand what you're saying. Ormus kind of saves him in a way. Like, it's, I, yeah. I just don't think that any of Rhaenyra's swords can be destroyed. Maybe it was from the Belt of Beloth the Wise. Maybe they found it and took it apart. Because there's a yellow yeah, diamond maybe. in the belt. But, anyways, um... It, it doesn't matter. It, it it could be anything. It could just be a, a random. I I know we can. I know. I know. But I just I just love that idea that Aramis like help. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Um. Uh. Murtag is like I can't access the magic in this because of the drugs. Mm -hmm. And so the next time Aelin visits him, he he begs her to to take care of his food and not put the drug in it. Yeah. So she. She has been visiting, and she is horrified at what is happening to him and Thorne. Well, and we didn't talk about it earlier in the podcast, but we do learn that um, the dreamers do, like, revere dragons. Yeah, which is why she calls him a living god. Thorne and a living so god. And so Aelin really comes around because of she's she's upset. Like, yeah, she's Aelin like, I've does been lied to. You know, like, Aelin really feels, like, the the, the weight of Bechel's, um words and actions not lining up with her belief system for sure um yeah. and so yeah i i i really i love the way that aelin is built up i i do one one thing that i really appreciate about this book um is in the second half is that murtag doesn't accomplish everything on his own he yeah. doesn't just come in with a big dick swinging a big sword and saving the day yeah uh, it takes a connection to the people around him and the kindness of um not necessarily strangers but the kindness of um someone who, who has been and, and it's why like I think that Aelin and Murtag as a relationship would have worked for me is because it becomes about Aelin's breaking free for her reasons to help Murtag break free for his yeah um and they they align in this like kindness and in, in this um, desire to be better yeah, to she the says, people around them take me with you she's never seen <clears throat> anything of the <throat> world outside this valley because she hasn't been allowed like she's so sheltered yeah she just <clears throat> wants to like understand what the world is before as the lord destroys it <laughs> i was like oh my yeah. god so she she um she brings food that is not drugged um and so um <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> they're kind of on a deadline yeah. There's like a, a, a party that's going to happen that, uh, you know, is, is going to be very bad. Um, 
And so, uh, Murtag is the drugs take a while to get out of his system. He's trying, yeah. he's trying really hard over the next couple of days to to use this stone to heal the the like fog, the breath from from him. Take my breath um, away. And uh, bum, bum. It, it really doesn't work until like the eleventh <clears throat> hour, <clears throat> like yeah. truly, because they go for a celebration. There's a big party. <clears throat> there's a big feast. Lyra is, is there. Fucking Lyra, Jesus Christ. The worst human. Um, and um, they bring out some prisoners, and Bichelle is like, all right, Aslagor, we have some sacrifices to you. Anyone who's not going to swear yeah. is going to die. Um, and Murtag is very nearly forced to um, kill this person um, until his, like, connection with Thorn and Uvek, like, breaks the the fog mm-hmm. like there's a moment where it pierces and he's able to use the energy to 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 dive into the energy of the diamond yeah and and use that to power the the stone to heal them um and help the prisoners escape and and also like <clears throat> sorry my throat is um I don't know what's going on. Um, the, there's an element of it that is uh, there. His true name has changed again, and so in going through another experience like this, he is a fundamentally changed person, yep. which allows him to kind of differentiate himself from the trauma that he's been going through yep. and and step outside of that um, and, and and really be, become one with his faculties again. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, you know, very reminiscent of the storytelling of this world. It's, it, it, you know, the, the, it's a different magic mm-hmm. introduced in this book, a different use of it. Yeah. Um, but it still, like, has these thematic ties to the inheritance cycle that I think are really smart. Oh, for sure, yeah. yeah. Um, the, Bichelle is able to escape. The crows kind of, like, shield her mind because there's, like, so many of them, which fascinating. Very cool. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like mini Eldunari. Kind of, yeah. yeah. They, like they, they don't have the magic ability, but they do have the, like, mind protection. Yeah, yeah, yeah really interesting. So, so Thorn is, like, rampaging. Um, and as he, as he as you, Yeah, as you should. And then uh, Uvek is like, hey, look, there's other Urgralgra that are, like, dreamers. Yeah. But, like, they, I think they must be enslaved, you know what I mean? Like, I have a duty to try and help these people, um, help my people. Um, and so Murtag goes off alone. Uh, into, when he's at his best. Into the cave, because uh, Thorn obviously uh, is is not comfortable uh, being in a cave. Uh, it's very yeah. sad. He's like so upset with himself for not being able to go with him. Um, but it ends up like honestly in a way working out because Murtag would have gotten lost without Thorn's mind connection being able to like guide Judge him. Yeah, yeah, through the tunnels because this cave. It's very complicated and like really gross. Um, there's like finger rats, is what he calls them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like and spider things. Spider things, little gross. Yeah. Well, because I, I think that like the, the, the there's a weird element of this book where you're like, this is still an action series, and so Murtag has to fight something. Yeah. And like he can't just fight Bashel. The other villagers are all just gonna die, mm-hmm. and so it is kind of a like CGI movie ending where they're like, and then he has to fight the creature things, uh, and he does, and he fights them very well because he's our good boy. Yeah, yeah. It's are we skipping the childhood bully? Oh yeah, Lyrith gets fucking cooked. Uh, well, yeah. I, yeah. Am I wrong? Well, there, there's there's some like interesting moments where like Murtag is like we need the information that he has, mm-hmm. right? Because obviously Lyrith is in on some shit. Um, there's a and the mystery man. We don't learn anything about the mystery man. No, we still don't know who the mystery man is. But who do you think it fuck is? Fuck Lyrith. He's the worst. Do you think it's someone we know, or is it going to be a new character? Here's the thing. 
They think it's someone else in Galbatorx's court. Or no, not Galbatorx. In Nasuata's court. And, like, <clears throat> I don't know who that would be. Is Orin that much of an asshole that he went to the Dreamers? I can see it. May, may, I don't Orin, know. It, 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 for Maybe. me, it is either Orin or a new character. Yeah. But I don't see it being anybody else. Unless they... Um, what's... what's um, what's Oh, my God. Her dad's second in command. What's his Jormander? name? Jormander? If it's Jormander no, and the be... reveal is a big long con, like that might be the most interesting choice. If Jormander was running all of this for Bichelle from the beginning to take down Galbatorix. Or it might be one of the other counts, uh, Council of Elders. Yeah, but I don't remember any of their names. Um, False to F of... There wasn't one that starts with an F. Could be that guy. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so Lyrith doesn't really know enough to really be helpful. Or like won't share it. Like he's... Yeah, I don't I, I don't know that I think that the story of Lyrith is that he thought he was important to this and I don't think he was. Fair. Like I don't think that Bichelle needed him as much as he thinks Bichelle needed him. Yeah. And so I don't think he had enough information because he's kinda I, I think he's useful in that he's a noble who hates Naswada, right? Yeah. Like I think that he is a pawn that can be played by stroking his ego. Mm -hmm. And I think that the ego stroking led him to believe that he knew a lot and I don't think he knew anything. Yeah. Not anything important anyway. Um so Grieve, do you think he's half Urgle? Um Yeah. Because he says Or like the, a quarter. Yeah, he says the dr the drama are the only place that he was able to fit in. Yeah. And he has this like guttural speech like uh and he kind of like looks a little bit different like i feel like he might be part urgul or maybe raised by urgles like maybe he like was raised like maybe his maybe he's not like he's not racially in urgul but like mm. his his like upbringing was among them maybe and so he like came to the language of mankind later maybe i don't know i'm glad he's dead yeah, fuck that guy. He was the worst. They, they There's a fight. It's a great fight. I can't um, wait to see Carl Weathers play him as Grieve Karga in God. the Disney Plus TV show. Um, Yeah, yeah. Great fight. Epic fight. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, fuck Grieve. He's he's terrible. He's like much harder than he appears to be. To <laughs> Sorry, I can't words today. He's, uh, he's harder much to harder than he appears to be, guys. <laughs> He's harder to kill. All He's right. got one of those dicks that it looks like it might be soft, but when you get your hand around it, it's like rock hard. <laughs> Anyways. So Murtag fights the creatures, kills the people, gets down, and uh, there's Bichelle. What is she holding in her hands, babe? Nirnin. Yeah, Douthert. Yeah. What the, how, the, the fuck? Well, it means like that. There's people who are were who, who retrieved that. For That's why her, I think it might like, be Orin or Jormander. Like I think it's got to be someone with some fucking rank, you know. If it's Jormander, I'll be very upset. But I, I hear, I hear. It could you. be an interesting story, though. Maybe. Like you know, like Jormander was the was literally Bashel's plant in taking down Gabletorix. Hmm. I don't know if he had enough of a role in that for me to believe it, but sure. There's there's. There's I, a I don't even, but it might not even have been in him needing to do anything, but just her, she, she placed him there to like have really close eyes and ears on what was going on in the war against Galbatorix, right? Yeah, it is one of those things though that like Orin changed so much during the inheritance cycle. Oh, I agree. Yeah, yeah. That maybe like he could have become like a dreamer during that time. And and Orin wanted to be king, and that might have you know we we maybe I, yeah. we won't know until the next book. I just think that like I don't think Jormander is a complete no. Okay. Yeah. Fair. You know, I don't know that we know enough about him. Like I I don't know anything about his family. I you know, Jormander is one of those interesting characters where like 
we think that he's good because he was on our good guy side. Mm -hmm. But I don't know that we, like, actually know that much about him. Okay. And I could see a reason why Bechelle would be like, I need you to get all the way in and be, like, a secret agent man. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, um, so, so yeah, we get to Bichelle. She's got uh, the Dothert, uh, did, and Aelin is there. Did you want more from this fight? No. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I was kind of, I was hoping for a little bit more of a Galbatoric-style victory. I, I was kind of, I, I wanted, I, I, I think that Murtag wins, right? And I, I was, I thought there might be more of a moral victory here rather than just a literal victory. And a I don't know. A moral victory? Yeah, or, or like an intellectual victory. I mean, it w did come down to intellect. Yeah, I don't know. He's, he set up a trap that if Bashel had learned the ancient language, she would have known. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Like, her, her choosing to, like, be ignorant of the ancient language was her, her downfall. Literally. Yeah. And I think that, that that part of it was interesting. I don't know. It, 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 I, I think that it just felt a little bit quick considering what she put him through. And I think I wanted her to suffer more. I think I might uh, just be... A, I think it might be more that like an immoral victory is what I was looking for. Uh, okay, okay, okay. I think Bichelle gets away a little bit easy considering. Yeah, sure. Um, and maybe I'm just a bad person. I think that I just like, wanted Bichelle to like... Her. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, you're... Yeah. Or like, you know, like... Like, like tie her feet to the ground and tie her, like, hands together and, like, attach those to Thorne's feet and then have Thorne just fly up as hard as he can and see, like, which part of her snaps off. Oh, my God. <laughs> You're the worst. You know? I mean, look, she is a terrible person. Um, and then if it was, like, oh, my God, if it was, like, her, like, shoulders, then you could just do it again but tie the rope to a different part and just, like, slowly, like, rip her apart by Jeez. having Thorn fly in the air. Why? That's Just because, terrible. like, you can draw and quarter people with horses, but what if we could fly and do it, like, differently? Sure, but, like, Murtag's just been tortured. Why would he want to torture someone else? Murtag Catharsis. Wouldn't, Murtag wouldn't be the character that I love uh, him to be if he is, like, no, I want to torture Bashel. You know what I just realized about this cover that's what? really cool? The crow skull amulet on his belt. Yeah. I did not notice that. Yeah. Um, but I, I... What a cool little detail! I'm gonna, like, spoil my high here for a second. Okay. Uh, because I want to talk about renaming Zarok. Yes! One of the best moments in the whole book. Yeah. You know what Christopher Paolini does really good? What? Sword stuff. Sword stuff. Yeah, which is interesting for a straight man. <laughs> Usually the sword fighting is uh, what Jesus the gays Christ. are good at. Uh, Zarok is no longer Zarok. Um, yeah. Murtag is in these tunnels, fighting his way to Bichelle, and he's just having a rough go of it. And he was like, why Why did I take this from Aragon? Why mm -hmm. did I do this to myself? Why did I literally give myself misery to hold on to? See, I thought it was because he was a Paramore fan. <laughs> he's in the business of misery? Yeah. Oh, my God. No. Uh, no. Um, th th we have this moment where he, he, like, realizes that he's, like, deliberately chosen to hang on to this trauma from his childhood, to hang on to this, to, to misery yeah. and to this, his melancholy and, and not being able to be happy. And he says, he's like, what, I could rename it if I wanted. Happiness? And he's like, no. He's like, no, that's, I, I don't even know if I know what that means. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I understand what happiness truly is. And I was like, wow, that's fucking harrowing. I don't know. I um, feel like he does when he's in the same room as Naswada. 
maybe he, I, I think he just doesn't know that he knows what it is yet. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Like I agree he, with that. he just he hasn't got there. But it's it's beautiful because he he renames the sword Ithring, which means hope. Mm-hmm. Um, and he he changes a symbol on it, and and instead of like wielding misery in battle, he's wielding a hope, um, mm-hmm. which I, I think is the one thing that like or is it, sorry freedom freedom not hope. I'm yeah. Sorry, um, guys. I was just saying yes. I was like, I was like, my I don't brain. think it's hope. No, my brain. Yeah. It's, so um, is it's the one thing that Murtag needs. Um, more yeah. than anything is his own Murtag is unaware of the allegations about Mel Gibson uh, and he uh, <laughs> Mel Gibson in um, is the fucking freedom from Braveheart don't worry about it oh I he's William Wallace in Braveheart in for freedom so and then he names it and he's like freedom never mind it was I, a joke about how uh, Mel Gibson said some anti-Semitic stuff on the phone a decade ago it, it does not matter Oh, see, that was just too much of a deep dive. I was like, yeah, I've there was seen too, Braveheart once. I agree. There, there was way there too much too shoe layers. leather to get to that joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah too yeah, many yeah. layers to the joke, and I am working at, like, 30% right no, now. No, it's, it's, even if you're at 100%, it's not a great joke. You know, it's It's okay. not really relevant. I was just trying to, like, you make... You went yeah. for it, and I'm proud of you. So if you want to understand how my brain works, uh, that joke is a good example of what I think is funny that I don't think other people think is funny. So, I just say shit and hope. So the sword is named Freedom. Yeah. Uh, because I'm an idiot, um, and it's 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 the one thing that that Murtag needs, uh, like over anything else. And I, I think it might be why, uh, like, you could be right with Nasuada that like he just needs. I don't know that it's the one thing Murtag needs. Fr- freedom. Yeah, I think he needs a bath. I don't think he smells very good. <laughs> sure. You know what I mean. I mean, they've been bathing him forcefully, but they've been bathing him. Yeah, but he just fought a bunch of spiders. Like, he's probably just covered in guts. Yeah, those, like, rat thingies are nasty. The finger, Fucking gross. The finger rats. Uh, yeah. Like the meep. If you want to watch our Doctor Who, the Star Beast uh, reaction and find out who the meep is, that's coming out. Uh, it's out on Patreon now, and it's going up on YouTube tomorrow. True. Uh, spoiler alert. I don't know how I feel about it. Um... Yeah, that's a whole other video. Yeah. Um, Tomorrow. Uh, we're going to be doing Doctor Who Saturdays for the next four weeks, so there will be a Doctor Who special reaction every single uh, Saturday. Enjoy that. Not Christmas. Yes, are we dropping one on Christmas? Christmas is on a Monday, so no, we will oh. be dropping a video on uh, a Saturday video on a Monday. <sighs> Continue. On Christmas, we will be dropping uh, the Patreon pick of the month, which is Silent Night, Deadly Night. Oh, yeah. So if you want to spend your Christmas watching a horror movie, uh, that's what's that's gonna go up then. That'll be fun. We haven't watched it yet, so I don't know how you feel about it. No, that. I haven't seen it. We haven't recorded oh, it yet. Y'all, there's a very special reaction coming out. Um to maybe my favorite movie that I saw this year, even though it's not from this year. Uh so keep an eye out if you like Korean movies. Um we got a special it was a commissioned reaction. Yeah. Uh we have to get approval to post it. But uh it is one of my favorite movies. I, like, want to watch it again today. Like, I like it so much that we watched it yesterday, and I'm like, I could sit down and watch it tonight and be very happy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, like, I, I just love Korean movies. Anyway, uh, we're at the end of the thing. They shell, uh, they, they fight. Um, Murtag touches Aelin, uh, breaking her uh, skin virginity, I guess. Um, and uh, Sure. 
she is she's now been uh fully defiled are we allowed to see what movie it is i'm sure we are who gives a shit yeah. uh the movie's called space sweepers it is like if star wars firefly and what was the other movie i said Guardians of the Galaxy. It's, it is if Star Wars, Guardians of the Galaxy, and Firefly had a baby. Yeah. And it, I love it on a deep, deep level. There is a robot in the movie that's one of my favorite robots. Yeah. Um, it's a good time. I am, I am not, I'm not being facetious to like sell the reaction. I, because when you watch it, you'll be like, oh, nerdy weeps. Like the movie made me weep. It made me laugh hysterically. Space Sweepers is a fucking jam that is, I like, I want to put a poster on my wall. Like it is like, if I had seen this in college, it would have been a poster on my wall movie. Yeah. yeah I yeah. fucking yeah. love this movie. We're I've been really thinking about it, about it all day. Yeah. Um, It's so good. It's from 2021. It's, it's got, it plays with sci-fi in such an interest. I fucking love it. Mm -hmm. Okay. So they're fighting. Bechelle's dead. Boom. Yeah. Murtag saves Aelin. Murtag, like, sets a trap, which yeah. I think is a really cool uh, way to do it. Like, he sets a trap in the ancient language, but Shell doesn't realize she, like, steps in the place that he wanted her to step, and the ceiling fucking just, like, she gets crushed. Crushed, yeah. annihilated, dead. Uh, Hopefully. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Um, and, um... We don't see the body, so, like... No, I think she's dead. I really fucking hope so. I hate this woman so much. He, like, saw her die. Like, I feel like... Yeah, no, she's she's dead for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, and um, so uh, Murtag is like, "What is down this well? I need to know. I need to see." I wanna know. Can you show me? It's bad. It's bad. I wanna know how it does big not is Aslagor's tummy. <laughs> Don't think that rhymed. Um, <laughs> uh, it's bad. He feels like despair. Yeah. The end of dreams. It's not good. Yeah. Aslavor uh, is going to be really interesting to explore in future books because it's left so kind of like nebulous. Yeah. Um, More like dad ass you know what I mean? In a great way, though. What? No, I don't know what you mean. You said Aslagor. Like, More like dad ass you know? It's thick. It's thick dragon boy. Oh my god. Do we see her dead? Maybe we do yeah, actually see her do. dead body. Yeah, we do. We see her dead. For some reason, I thought it was left a little bit... Um, no, I mean, like, I don't know. Maybe Aslagor can, like, bring people back from the dead, but I, that would no, be crazy. No, no. This is not the Wheel of Time TV show. You dead, you dead. You dead, you dead. You know, Bichelle is definitely dead. Um, and uh, Murtag is uh, bleeding out from a punctured lung. Yeah. And so Uvek and Thorn have to come and save him. And Thorn has to... You, We get this beautiful connection between Murtag and Thorn, where Thorn is finally able to break through his claustrophobia. And I, the 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 way that it's written, like, the first step was impossible. Mm -hmm. The second step was nearly so. Yeah. And then the third step was only very hard. Like, I was like, this is, like... It, I, I love Thorn so much, and I feel so bad for him. And, like, I felt so much joy... In him, like being able to uh, to to have full control again, and to and to begin to hopefully like heal from the bullshit that Galvatorx put him through, um, and so Thorn and uh, Uvek are able to save Murtag and Aelin, and uh, they also get Nirnan. They get the Death Dart, um, and uh, they they go to Nazwada because Murtag is punctured lung. He really needs to be healed. Um, so uh, yeah, somehow. They sneak into Illyria. I don't know how they sneak in, but no, no, but they, sneak in. they don't. But the reason why Murtag needs to be saved is because he uses the sunbeam light spell thing to blow up to get out. 
Oh, I thought it was because of his punctured lung. Well, but 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 like they, but we. Did, I want to mention that because he he brings back the spell that the super bomb he created. Yeah, he yeah. So like the get light out bomb. The, the rubble around him. Yeah, he, <clears throat> yeah. He tries to like blow up Aslagor. He's like, I don't know. Maybe this light thing will will work. I um, mean, he sets off a bomb. Um, uh, and yeah, they 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 do. They get to Illyria somehow. It's not U- clear. Uvek goes home. Yeah, Nazuata literally says, Thorn was smart and, like, was stealthy and we, we snuck you in. And I'm like, sure, if you say so. How do you, how do you feel about the end here? I like it. I feel like the bow they put on this, I feel like he could have spent a little bit. I, I get this book is already pretty long. Mm-hmm. I could have taken a little bit more. Really? I, I just, hmm. just, just in getting here. Because I do kind of feel like crazy big climactic fight. And then I, li- I, I like what happens in the end. I like where we end up. Mm-hmm. I like Naswato being like, I want you here. We'll figure it out. I think that that's fun. I could have used another 20 pages to set, j- just so that it didn't feel so much like crazy, dirty ending, clean bow. What would those 20 pages have had in them? A real goodbye between Murtag and Uvek. I think, I think Murtag wakes up on a mountain near Nalgorgoth, and him and Uvek have a really sincere goodbye. I just think that we're going to see Uvek again, so... Sure, sure, sure. I just think it could have happened in this book, and then he could have been like, I, I'm going to pass out, take me to Naswada. Like, I, th- I think that there's a way that that could have happened that would have felt a little bit less... I feel like that feels more like clean bow on everything, but... How? That's just my personal, because it's like okay, we perfectly wrap up this them and together, and then we perfectly wrap up this together. Like I think it is a little more like um, when I say like a little less clean what, if if what, there's if the they they leave if you leave off the relationship with Uve. When I say clean bow, I don't mean in the sense of like every single thing is tied off. I mean it's a clean bow in the sense of the it it is an ending that is unsullied by the need to explain how it happens it's clean in that murtag is just somehow in the capital city with a dragon and nobody knows and like they snuck in it but it, it just happens it's, it's clean because it happens off page and there's not really a good explanation for how it happens i guess That's what's but clean about i don't it. think like like shafika says would murtag have asked to go to nazwada like i don't think like I don't think they would have ended up with Nazuwada if Murtag had been conscious. See, I disagree. I like the idea of it being a delirious, half-dead Murtag that reaches out for her, even if even if he's not fully conscious for it, right? Even if it's not like a if it's not the most intentional choice. But Thorn is Thorn, and, like you cut to Uvek and Thorn are trying to figure out what to do. Murtag comes to consciousness enough to say goodbye to Uvek mm-hmm. and thank, or not even goodbye, just thank him, right? Mm-hmm. Aelin's there. It's like the four of them. And Thorn doesn't... Murtag isn't with it enough to, like, help Thorn decide. And all Thorn is getting from Murtag is that he wishes he could have seen Naswata one last time. That's why they go there. I think that it would have been a nice, like, emotional reason. And um, you, I, I just think you could have explained. Because it does kind of feel like he wakes up... It, it feels a little bit like Frodo waking up at the end of um, The Lord of the Rings. And he's just, like, in Rivendell and everyone's waiting at the door. Yeah, it's great. I love but it. But we know how the eagles got him out of Mordor, uh-huh. and we understand that the eagles can go to Rivendell without any consequences. There are a lot of consequences to a giant red dragon flying over Illyria, and I just... 
I just assume that like like the area was like built for riders and dragons, and if Shrukin can like get in and out, then like Thorn can. But it was built for riders and dragons, not to hide them. Like I don't like Illyria wasn't built to ha- I, unless there are secret tunnels in the mountains. Uh, well, I mean, they can easily put a mirage over. Like Thorn can reach no, out to Nazuata, and because... Nazuata trusted some of her spellcasters with the information. So. How? What do you, what do you mean how? Oh, so you're saying Murtag like land or Thorn landed? Thorn reached out to Mur- to Nasuata's mind because they from know one far another. enough away that from outside the city. Yeah, yeah. No yeah. one saw a red dragon. I don't know. I just feel like it could have. I, I it could it, it could have been a little bit. I f- I found the ending to be a bit quick. Um, right. Yeah, I, I I didn't. I liked that. Like, I I liked that it kind of felt like all the pieces kind of tumbled together, right? Because it, it was, like, this long stretch of, like, true, like, misery. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't mean misery is bad. I mean, like, it, it was emotionally impactful for our characters. And yeah, then I we agree. had this, like, moment of levity that is, like, fairly brief at the end. But it mm-hmm. it, it, it is, like, the, the, the beginnings and the hintings at what's to come next. Um, I, I, so. uh, the, there's a couple things. Uh, Aelin uh, is going to be a uh, lady of the court, which yes. uh, is well, great for her. Well, that's what it's like, handmade. Like, she's not going to become like a noble woman. <laughs> no, I meant like she's, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure, I don't know what the title is. Um, which I think is good for her. I think that she'll be taken care of. I think, you know, she'll have a job and get pay and, you know, that'll be good for her. Uh, and the, the one thing I wish, I wish this book had ended. Totally, it's great the way that it does. I like that it ends with Murtag being like, I'm with you. I'm going to stay. I wish it went a little bit longer. And he's like, I need a mirror. And he called Aragon. And that the book just ended with Aragon being like, Murtag, are you okay? And Murtag just goes, Aragon, have you heard of Aslagor? That's the stopping point. That's it. Have you ever heard the word Aslagor? Boom, end. That's so interesting because I'm super happy with the I will stay moment. And I feel like that's like I'm more here for the like the emotional like impact of the final beat and you were like i want the like the action story like mystery i'm so fine with the way that it ends yeah i just think it would have been fun to like just to have aragon in it have you heard of aslagor i don't know i like that aragon's not in this to be honest yeah i i I understand it i think um i think it's good i i really like the book right so it's not like it's like it's like a fun, oh, yeah. It's a fun other world idea, but I don't dislike. You're not what like they no, have. it's yeah. wrong. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I will stay is more important thematically. I know it is. I just I think it would have been fun to like l- to tease the audience a little bit more. I think like just mentioning the mirror was enough for me because I was yeah. like because before the mirror I was like oh my gosh yeah there's got to be a lot of me like this, this is gonna be a fucking mess but it's like actually yeah. Aragon was we'll smart he left some cell phones for people you to right, FaceTime in you right <laughs> I just like teasing people. no you're, you're not wrong it's like art is subjective it doesn't matter mm-hmm. uh, yeah I also think that I enjoy when things end on less definite moments sure and this is a pretty definite moment to end on um, and I, I, you know, it's the the open endedness is there. I'm not saying it isn't. I'm just saying, just a tasting. Uh, but I do fine. like what they wrote. <laughs> yeah, guys, good book, good book. If you made it this far and you haven't read it yet, I highly recommend it. Yeah, that's everything that happened. Not everything. We skipped over some stuff because we didn't want the show to go on forever um, today. Uh, but uh, it was a chunky section. It was chunky, and honestly, like, I I didn't need to talk about. Um, 
I didn't need to talk about every element of the torture. I'm glad we talked. We talked about it. We addressed it. It sucked. Yeah. But it, it was rough. And yeah. like, it was rough for good reasons. Uh, and the best parts of it were the flashbacks. Yeah, 100%. Do you, uh, do you want to do some high-low here? Yeah, I did kind of spoil my high. Yeah, but um, uh, g give some reasons why. Yeah, I, I think that, like, having, like, having Murtag go through these changes as a person, um... It has been, like, an inspiring theme throughout the entire, like, Allegasia series. Um, right? Like, like, yeah. like, being able to change yourself and grow as a person, mm -hmm. I think, is something that is super important to have more of in, in stories like this. Because so often, I know so many people who are stuck, who are stagnant, who never grow, never change. And I know people who want things to never change. And, like, that's just, like, not... It's not it's sustainable and it's and it's it's so much less interesting. People changing and growing and becoming better or worse even in some cases like I think that the fall of a character is also as interesting to read as the rise of one. Yeah. Um I think that like him choosing to name his sword freedom a, 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 to be like the a core fundamental belief of his being yeah like to believe in it so much I, I think it was a beautiful moment I love how it came about I love the reasons it came about he's like in this m moment in this horrible place trying to fight these things and these visions keep coming to him and it's and it's he, he it's it's the freedom from from the moment yeah but also freedom on a larger scale. I just, it's so good. I, yeah. I, I loved, 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 loved that moment. And now I want another sword on my wall. Uh, what is your low? Um, I don't really have one. Like even all of the stuff that I brought up today that I was like playing with other ideas, they're just other ideas. Yeah. Like the end, it's just another idea. It's not better or worse. You know what I mean? Like, and maybe it would have been worse, right? Like, I, I don't know, but um. So I, I don't I don't know I, I really like this book I, I thought it functionally worked for me in the ways that it was trying to and I think that's all I can really ask of a novel like I, I, I so if I had to pick something I like I, I think that I just like I don't love reading Christopher Paolini's weird shit all the time because it makes me uncomfy yeah. it's great it's written really well the finger rats but are like the finger awful. rats are just in the burrow grubs it's like burrow grubs all over again like why do you do this My guy. No, I'm, kidding. I'm kidding no they're great nightmares yeah um no that can be a low it's not like really because like... they were also good like they're fun yeah. and new i don't know i don't really have a low it, it's it's kind of just a good book yeah i don't know if i have a specific low either um maybe maybe i would have given i, I think maybe bichelle's ending could have had a little bit more of a moment for me. Sure. Okay. Um, I felt like that was a little bit quick, but yeah, I I think my low, my my one like low, and this is very 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 like minuscule. I wish that like that the 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 kidnapped werecats had come back into play somehow. Like Murtag oh, had like seen had seen a werecat or something, yeah. because because we don't really know why they were captured or like because maybe they can't be corrupted and they were used for something else. I just I wish that that had come back somehow in the second half of this book. 
Even though knowing it will, right? Like, I, I think that, like... Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Alec, welcome back to the nerd table. 22 months. So excited for the next book club. Final Empire, January 5th. Let's go. Do we get Part a short... one and two? Short story recap today. No, we didn't do the short stories. I forgot to read it. Uh, no, next time. It's, it's literally, I forgot. We'll read that on the 29th. Yeah, yeah, that's fine, that's fine. Uh, at the very end. That'll be the end of the 29th stream, because I think most people will be there for the Wheel of Time, and they might not have read it, so I don't want to talk spoilers for Allegasia yeah, for uh, at the beginning of that stream. Yeah. What's so, your high? Uh, my high is also tough. I know, Low right? is the finger rats, just the existence of them in general. Dutch Eye Gamer, I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, thank you for the people who watched on Twitch. Um, we're just trying to get that channel affiliated uh, again, because I turned it off a while ago. <laughs> um, oh, God. What is my high? Um, oh, we didn't talk about uh, Bechelle's dragon mask, which was very cool. Oh, yeah, it was cool. Uh, I think just Bechelle as a villain in general. I liked her. I thought she was very... I thought she was a good villain for Mertag in this book. Mm. And I think that um, she was really interesting and intelligent. And I, I liked how different she felt from Galvatorix. And just Bechelle in general was kind of my high. I thought that she was a worthwhile addition to the canon of villains in this series mm. um and, and a series that i think has very good villains and so for her to be sort of this uh the the way she's written really fit into and expand upon allegasia and, and be a very interesting new threat that feels very different from anything we've had before but still manages to like thematically fit into the world and into murtag's journey i thought was really well done and so i, I think that she's just kind of my high across the section from her first introduction to her death um, yeah, the, the choice to have her be a cult leader who is more bought into her cult than any member of the cult is, I think is really interesting and I liked quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, th I think she was fantastic. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, y'all, thank you so much for joining us for Book Club. We did it. We are done with the Inheritance Saga, other than the short stories, which we'll talk about in the two-year anniversary stream on the yeah. 29th, 11 a.m. Yes. Same bat time, same bat channel. Uh, next Friday, uh, we are not going to be doing a book club. We're going to be doing a D&D &D game. Yes. So come back if you want to watch us cast Santa Claus. Yeah. Um, We're going to put all these announcements in the Discord. Uh, mm -hmm. So make sure you're over there to, so that you don't miss them. Yeah. Um, yeah. That one's going to be at 1 p.m. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by MistyMountainGaming.com. Misty Mountain Gaming is our partner and friend who gives us all of the math rocks that we're not allowed to eat, even though they look like they would taste delicious, because they make the best math rocks out there. You can get your D&D &D accoutrement at their website by using the code NERDYNIGHTLY15. That'll give you 15% off your order uh use that because i think stuff is still on sale with them uh if you uh did win something at the relay and you have not yet received your code please message me i don't have everybody's email i'm trying to get everyone their codes so uh if you've not yet received uh something that you won during relay two uh from uh helping and donating uh please 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 message me uh there are some codes that have not yet been given out uh, i would like to get them all out before christmas uh so you guys can do your shopping but um uh, at this point, it's probably too late to buy Christmas presents with them. Sorry about that. Fair. Uh, the uh, the minis from Relay 2 will be sent out in January. Yeah. Um, just because we're trying not to uh, send them out in the Christmas rush. Yeah, it's more expensive and chaotic. More likely they're going to be lost. We're not or broken. Gonna... Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we're, we're waiting till January for a number of reasons. But um, uh, thank you for everyone for being so patient in that and for helping us raise that $11,000 for that uh, charity for children who have pediatric cancer. Uh, this was fun. Any final thoughts? Nah, we crushed it. Thanks for being here, guys. Hell yeah. Let's go. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, thank you to everyone who watched on Twitch. 
Thank you. Uh, if you want to leave a five-star review for the podcast, please do that. It helps us find new people. Uh, although I think that um, I think that Cosmere is going to bring in a new crowd. So I'm very excited. Very curious to see what the audience is like for that. Yeah. I think it'll be, I, the one thing I think will be interesting is I think that Cosmere is going to have a younger audience than uh, Wheel we of Time did. Fair. Yeah, that's fair. Um, our age metrics on our channel are really funny because our reactions skew so young. Yeah. And our book club skews so much older. And then our... Uh, our our live streams skew like right down the middle. Yeah. Uh, and so it's just it, it's really interesting to look at from like an analytics point of view of like our audience is very varied. Which advertise when we get reached out to by brands, they're very confused by. They're like, who is your demographic? And we're like, we don't really know. It depends what we're talking Everybody. about. Everybody. Yeah. 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 Unfortunately, sometimes. Um. <laughs> we're excited for Cosmere. It's gonna be fun. Yeah. Final Empire. Hell yeah. What if we hate it? No, I'm 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 not worried. I, I'm not worried either. I I like gathering up, uh, gathering storm. I like gathering. <laughs> Nerds are the demographic. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and everyone can be a nerd. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. Uh, uh, you're I'm gonna excited. get a bunch of nerds wanting to explain the metaphysics. I can't wait, Arzu. That might end up being your problem. I'll message you later. <laughs> Um, wow, wow. You know what I'm talking the about. The way that you sa like say that just makes it sound like We're going to make it ours is problem. Sure, sure, sure. Y'all, thanks so much. Thank you, guys. Do you have any final thoughts? Nah, that was great. Thank you for being here. We will return with more Inheritance Cycle uh, when he writes more Inheritance Cycle. So Yes, yes, we will. Um, I think that technically this is going to be book five now, and so book six is coming. Uh, and I'm excited for book six because book five was pretty fucking good, Christopher. Hell yeah. Uh, friend of the pod, friend of the show, Christopher Paolini. Go watch the uh, interview. If you haven't seen the interview, go watch it because mm -hmm. you've now, you know all the spoilers, so it can't be spoiled. Exactly. Thanks so much, everyone. Uh, do something nerdy tonight. Bye, guys. Bye. See you later.